Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. Back from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, from the NCAA Wrestling Championships. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, coming at you with episode number 91. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, my man, your man, everybody's man, Ben The Law Watson. Do I do it again? No. Don't wind up like Vincenzo. (laughs) (laughs) That boy was on his back, bro. In a nasty cradle. That cradle, dude. Makai Lewis. Oh, dude. You know, Makai cradled him up and he was singing Rockabye Baby in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> O.W., by the way, Makai Lewis. Well, motherfucking deserved. That dude rolled, son. That dude rolled. You know, for, for all you guys that didn't know who Makai Lewis was, I, of course, did because he was on my fantasy wrestling team and I drafted him because I knew, I knew he was going to win a title. That dude, he's the truth. He the truth. I got no qualms if that if if we continue to refer to him in that fashion. He is the truth. An amazing tournament by him. An amazing tournament overall. Our eighth year in a row going there. Ben, it was a lot of fun. I was tiring. I'm getting too old for this shit. I can't begin to tell you how exhausting it is watching wrestling all day long. And all I'm doing is tweeting about it. <laughs> well, we, we do a little bit of drinking in between and afterwards as well, and and also some work. Um, Man, I tell you what, I will. I got we got home Sunday, and I, I was just like, just walking around like a zombie. And Monday, man, I was still exhausted, dude. Today, like the second half of the day, I started to feel normal again. <laughs> All right, before we dive into this uh, kind of a recap of our weekend in Pennsylvania, let's uh, just go ahead and take care of that business. As I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number ninety-one. We're getting so close to number one hundred. I can't wait, Ben. You can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You can catch us on Facebook, the Inside Trip. Go out there to our Instagram, the Inside Trip. Follow us, communicate with us, do all that good stuff. We love talking shit, talking wrestling with everyone. If you want to send us an email, you can do so to the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. And as for the podcast itself, you guys know where to find it because you're listening to it right now. But in case you stumbled upon it by accident, one, we apologize. And two, <laughs> if you like what you hear, <laughs> go out there uh, to Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that good stuff. Subscribe, download, listen. And if you'd like, give us a rate and review. Yeah, we appreciate the rates and reviews. Really do. Really I know do. you do. And as we, I mean, the rate, rates and reviews are all about Ben's ego. And as we said before, Stroke it, baby. stroking Ben's ego Stroke is the number one it. priority of this podcast. Yeah. You ever remember that song, Stroke It? No. I'll be stroking to the east. I'll be stroking to... Never mind. Stroking to the doo that I love best. Yeah, that's I'll it. I'll be stroking. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to need you to stop stroking it for a few minutes. Yeah, and we need this pod. Hey, we need to clean this up. We need to clean this pod up. This is a dirty-ass pod, and we need to clean it up, because we got people out there listening to this podcast who don't want to hear us talking about this. They don't want to hear us singing. We've been told that. 
They don't want to hear you singing. What, what was it? <laughs> One of the most embarrassing moments of the weekend is when we got to meet the um, very nice um, Shannon Scoville. Shannon, uh, how do you say her last name? I'm assuming it's Scoville. Shannon Scoville works for NCAA.com. Yeah, and she was like. You know, we were standing in line, and she, I think she turned around and recognized our knuckleheads' voices and was like, hey, I'm Shannon Scoville, and, and, and um, you, you knew who she was. And, I, and I'd known that, you know, she was following the podcast as well. And we just had a conversation with her, and she's like, so nice. And I'm like, this girl heard Brandon say the word queen. <laughs> I'm like, God, we, you know, we forget that some people that listen to this don't have the— I'm going to choke. Don't have the, the terrible sense of humor that we do. Why? That's all that went through my I head just, as I'm just, talking to her. I know. It's like she heard Brandon say that. She's like, Ben, Brandon, is that you guys? <laughs> like, who, who is this? Oh, man. Oh, man. Shannon, but, we apologize. We got to meet her. We got to meet her, her old man. That was used really to wrestle nice for Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was awesome. That was awesome. It was great meeting her. That's one of the best things about this weekend yes. is, one, catching up with all of our boys that – or across the country who are diehard wrestling fans. You know, the Earls, the Tommy Baranowski, Kevin Clonch, our boy Jeffrey, old drop tweeting from, from Arizona. Uh, the boys from Pennsylvania, Clay, and Garrett, Garrett, and JP. All those guys. Ed Hebb, Seth. I mean, it's nice to talk to all those dudes. Getting to catch up with Taylor Miller from USA Wrestling. She's one of my favorite people in the sport. Um, You know, I always enjoy talking wrestling with Nomad and Spay and Ryan Holmes and them guys. BDI. That dude was putting in some work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's the great thing. And then meeting the new people. So speaking of new people, man, nothing like first introductions having to break the bad news to a guy you're meeting the first time telling them that you uh, <laughs> you broke something in the Airbnb that they reserved that you're staying in. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I didn't know if we were bringing this up, but we will. So, so Brandon and I were staying at an Airbnb with uh, – the Blood Round crew, Earl Smith from the Open Mat, he's the editor of the Open Mat, and then uh, a couple of the guys from IA Wrestle and Tony Hager, um, who Kirk Crittenden, yeah, Kirk Crittenden, Nick Ryder, Nick Ryder, and all these dudes that. Um, so we're all staying in an Airbnb, and we got in first, um, and uh, you know we're scouting out places to stay, and I'm like, this this room looks pretty good, um, mm-hmm. but but there was only one bed. What I mean. First of all, like, can we just set the backdrop of this a little bit? This this house is literally oh every bit of six thousand square feet. There's probably it's huge eight or nine bedrooms, beds all around the house, couches galore. I mean, a pool table we didn't even use because we were too fucking tired. I mean, there was sleeping spots everywhere, and for whatever reason, you felt the need that you had to sleep in the same room with me. Well, you were, you know, you were like a lot of the sleeping spots were like with like three or four beds together. And you're like, I'll just take this room, this huge room with one bed by myself. And I'm like, no, the fuck you won't. Like, I'm going to sleep in here with you, dude. I, I, want, I want a room to be able to, like, you know, wind down in as well. And they had this little Ikea bed upstairs. And I was like, dude, you can even have the other bed. I'll sleep on this Ikea bed. And Brandon's like, why don't we move it downstairs? And I'm like, hell yeah, that's a great idea. We'll put it in this room. Plenty of room for this Ikea bed. So I bring down a bunch of the stuff, and all of a sudden, and I go back upstairs to help Brandon bring down the bed frame. It's a wooden bed frame. You did not go back upstairs. No, I was starting to come back upstairs, 
And Brandon's carrying it down like fucking Mr. Macho, man. He's like, I got it. It's an Ikea 10-pound bed frame. Oh, yeah? Well, that guy, Ikea 10-pound bed frame did some damage to that chandelier light. <laughs> because as Brandon walks down the steps, he's like, which room are we going into? I'm like, don't go into the master. Tony Hager booked this. Give him the master bedroom. And you're like, all right. And then so all of a sudden, boom, crack. You hit the light. It's got the dangling things down on it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Dangly. Yeah. And then I'm looking at it. And I'm like, all right, we're good. And then all of a sudden, it just started raining glass. And that thing just one, two, three. And I'm like, that ain't good. But we're okay. (laughs) And then just four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, I mean, ten pieces of glass just fell down from that light thing. I swear half the people got glass stuck in their foot walking around upstairs. I know, I did. Friggin' picking glass out of my feet for so, two days so you break the light of the airbnb we're staying at we get the bed we get the bed then you and i are sitting there drinking and we're like how the fuck are we gonna tell tony we gotta Hager tell tony this? i've never even met tony Hager. We never even met this so, no, so tony shows up and literally it's like we're doing introductions and it's like hey tony can i take you upstairs for a second i, I gotta tell you something <laughs> i broke a chandelier i'm sorry <laughs> nice to meet you have a beer. <laughs> we got beer in the fridge. <laughs> we got beer and peanuts. <laughs> oh, man. The chandelier was cheap. I mean, it wasn't it was, like that. It what was a great a, time, though. Yeah. What, what a great time. Man, I tell you what, it was so much fun. I, I just can't hang anymore, though, dude. dude those by, Iowa guys can drink. By like, yeah, dude. Same with the Michigan guys. I know. By 2 a.m., I was ready to go to bed. Some of these fuckers stayed up till 5 in the morning and drank. I'm not going to like go into specifics, but I know at one point in time, one of the people, I woke up at 5.52, I recall, to go pee. And I was, my alarm was set for 7, and I went and peed in the person's room, had the lights still on, not in there. And I went back and I peed, and then I got back up at 7, and the door was closed. And I was like, this motherfucker came home <laughs> in between 5.52 and 7 a.m. <laughs> and we saw him at the session. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, holy moly. I agree with you, though, man. I think, like you, I'm getting way too old for this shit because it was just exhausting. And I don't even think I drank that much. I mean, I drank enough, but right. I, I I could barely function yesterday at work. I mean, I'm still I can still barely function today. But overall, an amazing weekend. As I said, it's always best running into all these people. Shout out to Jason Bryan again, too. Does a fantastic. Him and Hazard do a fantastic job announcing. They, the they really championships. do. They it's really amazing. Do. I mean, it's amazing. I kind of like some of JB's little like uh, quips that he adds. Oh on. yeah, like let's bring it back to the subject. Oh, when and Kyle Shoop was wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, that that was good. Yeah, that, that, he's got some good stuff. That was good. So, and he also knows how to uh, basically uh, call himself out when he says something that's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. Yeah, I'll see myself out. So, so that was good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, did we meet anybody else? Yeah, dude. Uh, Cam. Cam. Oh, Cam Kramer. He was another Cam one of the Kramer. Iowa guys he, he that stayed, stayed with us. Yeah, that dude. young kid. Yeah, young dude. But he's got some freaking. He, he's a grinder, dude. You know, photographer. Yeah, takes photographer takes pictures for them. For IA. So uh, shout out to him as well. That dude. I don't know how these these dudes drink so much. I mean, I don't know if they drink so much, but they, these dudes are up way later than me. And I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to die. We did get up early though. Like we got up early and went and did work. Like, it wasn't like we were just sitting around, you know, barely making it to the sessions. Another Either way year goes, we didn't miss a session? Yeah, still another year. We've never missed a session. Let's get into some of this wrestling, man, because, uh, you know, we did a couple of uh, post-session recaps before we had some uh, some uh, technical malfunctions. Whoops. Oops, it happens. Um, but the wrestling this weekend was just off 
the fucking hook. I mean, dude, we saw legends go out in style. We saw unbeatables un- get beat. Unbeatables get beat. We saw brackets get busted up. We saw dudes that people wrote off just show up. We saw the coming out party of a couple people. We did. We saw dudes that play football and also wrestle. <clears throat> That's crazy. The Josh Hokett story. Yeah. God. We, we saw countless All Americans not sniff the podium again. That's true. We saw people that have never sniffed the podium before get on. It was just, I mean, but that's what every NCAA tournament is, right? Yeah, I mean, we say this all the time that, look, once that that first whistle gets blown, man, shit hits the fan. Expect the unexpected. We spend all these hours, like, working on brackets only to find out that as soon as the tournament starts, we basically just wasted, you know, eight hours of our life. Right. And that separates a lot of these people, man, a, a lot of these wrestlers from the casual fans or even the diehard fans, that these guys don't go out there thinking they're going to lose, dude. If, when they're in the bracket, they think they've got a shot, okay? And do you think – Do you think? and I, we'll talk about this ad nauseum later. Do you think that Max Dean stepped on that damn line and said, well, we'll just see how this goes? No, not at all. Right? He and said, it, I'm going to beat Miles Martin. It, it, and it, you have to have that mentality to be able yes. to do it. These guys are different than us, man. It's a different breed. It's a different type of person. Hence why they're doing great things like this, and we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah. Not even that great. Not even that great. I mean, we're not even— I mean, I feel, I feel extremely terrible about myself right now. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm drinking whiskey and talking wrestling, and um, Max Dean's beating Miles Martin. Do you have your shirt tucked into your shorts? I don't know. Maybe. That is awful. I don't. Would I you? don't have it. Oh, okay. Up. I'm sorry. Get out of here. Come on. 125. Let's go to 125. I think—look— I'll be the first to admit, all year long, we've been questioning Spencer Lee. I finally said at one point in time, I, I don't think I can pick him anymore in the postseason, and I didn't. Don't say we. I didn't. No, I, I'm saying I. Okay. We did We did start to write. We did start to write him off. We started I, to. I was questioning it. Okay. I, 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 I picked him every time. I understand. But, but I mean, yeah, for sure, there was chinks in the armor, right? I understand that. But I think what we saw from Spencer Lee this weekend goes to prove and show we know he's a great wrestler, but the type of competitor that he is to basically be able to recover from a regular season in a Big Ten tournament that he probably never expected that he would have had this year, fought a lot of adversity, regardless of what it was, whether it was injury, sickness, um, obviously losses. Just losing. Yeah, losing Just in general. Just realizing you're human in this sport. To come back as the three seed, and let's think about his road, you know, once he got to the second round, he's got a very, very tough Sean Foz, who, you know, everybody, Sean Foz, based on Did his you see his, his tweet size, today? Yeah, he was almost 160 pounds. He was, a, he was 153 pounds. It was 156. It was, I think it was 153.6. Oh, maybe it was. But either way, I mean, dude, he's it doesn't big. matter. He's yeah. big. I mean, look. <laughs> big. It's, it's Tuesday, dude. Yeah. It's Tuesday. <laughs> and you're like 12 pounds lighter, lighter than me. <laughs> that ain't healthy. But I mean, we can get into that another time. But that ain't healthy. <laughs> Did you see his gut sticking out in that picture too? Good for him. Like, bro. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, look, Lee had to go through Falls. He had to go through All American Sean Russell. He had to go through Nick Piccinini, who beat him earlier this One year. One of the hottest dudes in the bracket. And then to earn the title, he went through probably the guy that he was on the dude. the hottest tear this tournament and throughout the season, Jack Mueller, who only. Just so happened to knock off Sebastian Rivera. Yeah, we didn't know what to expect so much about Jack Mueller because he just hadn't wrestled the top competition. But I'll tell you what, when he got to Rivera, 
Um, the whooping that he put on Rivera, 8-2, to two, he took him down in the first three seconds and then put a saddle on him. I think he had six minutes of riding It was five, five minutes and 26 seconds, I believe, is what it was. That is crazy. He just put a saddle on um, Rivera. I, I, we've not seen um, Rivera get beat like that his entire college career except for against Spencer Lee. Yeah, I... We had seen Mueller wrestle this year, you know, obviously coming out of red shirt late, not wrestling the entire season. So after he came out of red shirt, Virginia had pretty much wrestled their, you know, their, their tough tournaments, which I think is like CKOV. Right. Um, so he didn't, you know, we didn't get to watch him out there. But all he did all year long was bonus guys. Well, you know, Major Tech or pin them. Now, granted, the, the level of competition wasn't the greatest, so we didn't really know what to expect from him out of the five seed. But he showed us in this tournament up until that finals that he was every bit the guy that was bonusing all those guys throughout the regular season. And what he did to Sebastian Rivera was completely, completely shocking. I, I, I was shocked because Sebastian Rivera – who's looked better than Sebastian Rivera this year? Nobody. The guy that's beaten Spencer Lee twice. The guy that – his only loss was when he bumped up to wrestle um, – Michich. I mean, undefeated, taking on all comers, wrestling a tough schedule. And I thought that it was – I mean, I picked Rivera to win. I knew Mueller had a shot, but I didn't think it was going to be eight to two. Put a saddle on him. So that, so you know, that said, you're starting to think, dude, Mueller just dominated a dude that's got that's two and zero against Lee this year. I mean, is this run going to end, or I mean, is Lee, you know, going to be the Lee of last year? One of the things I think. Guys that Mueller wrestled up to the finals, so sp- specifically Sebastian Rivera, um, Bresser really didn't engage with him that much. But as soon as guys would tie up with Mueller, Mueller immediately went to hit that slide by. Okay, right. he wouldn't even he didn't even hang out there. He wouldn't even wait on it. They would tie up, and he went to hit that slide by to a go behind. He actually got Rivera with it. You know, at least one, once, maybe twice. I think he got it. I think he shucked him twice. Okay, so twice. Um, and then once he got on top of guys, he dominated them. I mean, look, you know, he, he pins Gage Curry. He he completely piss pounds uh, Michael McGee from Old, Deben- Old Dominion, and then obviously gets gets past Bresser um, and the uh, the tiebreaker too. But in his match against Spencer Lee, Lee didn't allow that to happen. Lee got to his legs immediately right. and immediately went to a finish. And I think that was the big difference in that match. Yeah, and then Lee- once Lee got on top of him, he was able to ride. L- Lee rode. The strange thing, and you're right, and Lee got to, I think Lee got to a single leg and was able to finish. Lee looked like the Lee of old, ability to get to a leg right. and finish. Because once he gets to a leg, he, he used to be, I mean, I think we forget, when he, when he got to a leg last year, he's finishing it, no doubt about it. The strange thing um, for me was he picked down in the second period against Mueller, and he got ridden out. I, I don't know why he did that. And then Mueller picked, I think, uh, neutral in the neutral third. Neutral in the third. And um, I think it was 3-0 at the time. He was going after him, and Lee was able to ice it with another takedown. Uh, Lee just, you know, completely controlled that match. Lee really completely controlled the entire tournament. Um, he beat Piccinini eleven to four in the semis. Now I know there was two and two at the end as Piccinini was coming on, but I think it was six. He had riding time, and it was six four, and Pitch was going after him, and Lee put him to his back. Um, a win like eleven, a win like eleven to four over a guy that pinned him earlier in the year. Uh, Lee just looked looked a little different this tournament, and I think he I think it shows you that either a he was struggling with something earlier in the year, whether it be confidence, whether it be some sort of injury, but when the lights were brightest, man, that dude did it again in a really tough bracket. You know, and he even alluded to that in his press conference. You know, I think somebody asked the question, 
what is it about this tournament or this time of year that just you, you seem to be able to pick it up? You know, you dial it up a notch, I think is how they how they kind of worded it. And, and Spencer said something along the lines that, look, you know, my coach, you know, Coach Brands, he always says that, you know, the the great wrestlers, the big time wrestlers show up for that big time moments. And I guess it's something, you know, it's something that they talk about all the time. And he and Coach Brands really just kind of instills that into their head. Um, and, and that's that's he, he truly believes it. And, you know, I think, you know, when, when Spencer Lee is on the raised stage, his game raises with it. And I think that's a, a, a un, undeniable. We've seen that two years in a row. Well, and if you've got that ability, then then you're going to do well beyond college. You know who else I thought had a good tournament? And it, and it, and it kind of dovetails into another thing I want to talk about was uh, Vito Rugal, the eighth seed, ended up taking fourth. Um, you know, his, I think his only losses were to Rivera. That's it. He lost to Rivera 6-2 uh, to two in the uh, uh, quarters and lost to him again for third and fourth, 8-3. to three. Other than that, he beat a guy like Nick Piccinini, who I literally thought was one of the hottest guys at this weight class. Um, and he also ended Sean Faza's run. Sean Faza, a guy that never got on the podium, I think he made the round of 12 twice, was always there. A guy that we thought definitely had the goods, All-American, didn't get it done. My heart kind of breaks for those types of seniors that don't end up getting it done. Although he doesn't look too worried about it weighing 150-something pounds right now. Yeah, and I mean, you had a couple, you know, you had two of those guys in this weight class. The other one was Brent Fleetwood, you know, former Central Michigan guy that transfers to North Dakota State, was having a phenomenal year, came in as the 10 seed, um, you know, won a real close first-round match, two to nothing against the, the his pin opponent, Ferrente, um, before he just gets, you know, really picked apart by, by Pat Glory from Princeton. And Glory himself had an amazing tournament. Glory had a great tournament. Um, and, and then they ulti- ended up finishing six, uh, right behind Piccinini. Right, and then ultimately, you know, Fleetwood falls to Bresser in sudden victory in, in the blood round. You know, that's another guy that you, you know he's a guy that I would have liked to have seen got on the podium. But speaking of Bresser, kind of a disappointing performance from him this weekend. I wasn't expecting an eighth place finish from Ronnie Bresser. Yeah, the four seed, somebody that you know, somebody that we actually thought could potentially be a title contender. Right, loses to. Um, Rivera earlier in the year in overtime has been on the podium before has seen the bright lights before for him to fall to eight I was I was not expecting that um you know lost to Rayvon Foley shout out that good tournament for Rayvon Foley a guy who we didn't know if it was healthy or not uh for the seventh and eighth place match. he looked healthy this weekend he, he looked he looked really good, good. so um so shout out to, uh, to Rayvon Foley yeah I, I agree with you Bresser he, I don't think that he just didn't wrestle that great, in my opinion. His he he didn't engage. He a seemed bunch. tentative yeah, the entire tournament. Yeah, he didn't seem like he was firing off shots a lot. And to be honest with you, the way he was wrestling, um, the fact that he got on the podium, I think was 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 good. I, yeah, I I really don't disagree with you there. Um, I don't know anything else at one twenty five that you want to talk about. I think uh, you know it, how many how many all Americans. Did we see or guys that had all American before that failed to do it this time? I know Sean Russell was one of them. Sean Russell was one of them. Ran into a red hot Rayvon Foley. Um, was there anybody else? That might have been the only. I one. I think that's the only one. I think. Oh, um, yeah, um, Z- Zeke Moisey. Oh yeah, that's right. And Moisey went zero and two, didn't he? Yeah, he went two and BQ, man. Man, that's talk about a Benjamin Button of a career. Second, then he's injured. Then he. All Americans, and then he goes zero and two. That's an interesting uh, analogy there. Yeah, I like that. I, 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 I like know, that. I don't. I don't know what happened. Um, but you know what? <laughs> I, I do know one thing. 
nobody's ever going to take away that run he did as a freshman. Oh, and it was one of the most was, one of the most unbelievable runs we've ever seen. Yeah, that was an amazing run. I can still name off who he beat. I'm not going to do it right now, but that was one of the funnest runs I've ever seen in my entire life in college wrestling. No joke. Let's go to 133, man. God, Rutgers goes comes in. Rutgers comes into this tournament. Never having a national champion, and I mean, they walk away with two, and this weight class is the first of those two. I'll tell you, Ben, look, Nick Suriano, from the way he was wrestling in this tournament and his post-finals press conference, for one, Suriano wrestled, I think, the best he's had all year at this tournament. Absolutely. And two, Suriano was wrestling with a chip on his shoulder. He was absolutely wrestling with a chip on his shoulder. To me, it was very evident in the way he competed, in the way he wrestled, and then when you you know you you listen to his post uh, his post match presser, you can definitely tell that he had some uh, maybe a little bit of spite coming in this tournament. He wanted to prove some people wrong. I think that dude lives with a chip on his shoulder. That's you a know? good point. I mean, that, that 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 dude, I think, constantly believes that he's being undervalued. Whether you know whether or not it's the truth. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest this year. He he lost to Michik. He lost to DeSanto. Um, you know, he his lost to fix. He's lost to fix. His seed was um was what it should have been. It was but, warranted, yeah. Yeah, but he wrestled really well. He wrestled more offensive, and I think we saw that in the Michik match. Um, he beat Michik four to one, and not only did he get the, so in their duel, he was unable to take him down. But in he in this match he was able to take him down and he put a hell of a ride on him. I think he got a riding time point as well, um, um, from uh, in that match and th- and that was one of the, that was one of the differences is that he was able to take Michik out of his game by saying, "Hey, I'm not going to even let you get on your feet to be able to take me down." And in the finals, I know it was sudden victory and let's talk about it. A little let's bit talk, of controversy let's talk about in this match. Gate. But I tell you what, I don't give a shit what the hell happened because. Fix didn't engage the entire match. I, look, Soriano ben, I, owned you. the middle thank of the you. damn mat, I, and, he, and he took more sh- way more shots. You are one hundred percent correct. Nick Soriano controlled the center of that match, the uh, mat, the entire match. Never was a stall call ever called on Fix f- f- during that time. Um, it, was there some controversy with with the headgear? Maybe there was. I don't know. You know. It, I don't know tell. what the rules. You can touch the headgear. You just can't grab and pull it, right? Well, you have to be able to touch right. the headgear. So uh, t- he you was can't pushing get your away. Fingers inside of it. But if but if you're incidentally pushing away and the side of your hand gets on the side of the headgear, is that called grabbing the headgear? I don't think so. I don't know. I think you have to. Again, it comes down to subjective intent. Was he? Were, was there fingers inside of it pulling it? I mean, I didn't see the headgear moving a ton. I didn't either. Granted, my my view wasn't the greatest, but <laughs> you know, um, I, I wasn't down on the mat with the, like the ref. But they reviewed it. They made the determination that they weren't able to overturn it. And oh, you know, them refs didn't have the balls to overturn. That. I don't give a shit. You want to know what pisses me off even more? John fucking Smith throwing a brick trying to get a hands to the face call early on in that match. Well, I mean, that's we, we've seen that happen a lot this Let year. These dudes wrestle. Coaches have done that a lot this year. Okay, congratulations. Let your dude wrestle. Maybe he should take a shot. I, I agree, Ben. I agree with you. I think the other thing that people can complain about in this match, if you wanted to find something to complain about, was the um, the stalemate and and sudden victory. You know, the the ride out, the tiebreaker when uh, when Fix has double boots. I, okay, you got you got double boots, and and you ridden and you and he was allowed to ride him. There was nine seconds left when they restarted it, so they gave him twenty one seconds with the double boots and to ride. What do you want to do? I mean, it, 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 that's that is in in overtime. You're not supposed to. 
just allow them to put a double boot in and ride the whole time. You're supposed to call quick stalemates rather than stalling. I, That's the rule is you're not really supposed to be hitting for stalling right away. You're supposed to be calling a stalemate early. You call a stalemate, you let him go, and then Suryana was able to do a little hip maneuver on bottom and get out. I'm was, not complaining. That, that was an overtime? I don't have an issue with when it. When he got out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with it, man. Um, no, when he got out? Yeah, he got out to, to, to allow it to go to um, – somehow he got out um, and it allowed it to go, and then there was a takedown later on. I forget the exact way it worked out, but there was, right? Double boots in, an OT, and he got out. Maybe it was, S- it was SV2. That's right. So he got out, and they, they brought it to Sudden Victory 2 on their feet. Um, Fix tries to hit an overtie shuck. Yep. Suriano pushes on the, the, the face or the side of the face, you know, catches some headgear, but I don't think he's digging in it. And then, um, you know, uh, Fix was wide open for that little um, low double that um, Suriano hit to take him down. I liked his quote in his con- you know his press conference when he he basically just said, you know, I looked in his eyes and I said I'm going to take him down and that's what I did, you know. He's and even Suriano himself thought that Fix was getting away with was stalling the whole match, you know. And he even called John Smith out in the post conference in the in the post finals press conference. Yeah, uh, Suriano said something to the likes of basically, you know, um, no offense to, to 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 John Smith and their staff, you know, they're legends and all, but. Uh, they did what they did. They, you know, they they were working the refs the entire match. Oh, that's right. They were trying um, to work them for hands it, to the face, and they did it at the at, in the match at Rutgers, and and basically, basically, he got the takedown, and he deserved it, and he's too blessed to be stressed about too it. Too blessed to be stressed. He hundred percent deserves it. The way Fix wrestled that match, he didn't deserve to be a champ. Sorry, maybe next year didn't deserve to be a champ. But you know who I thought had a hell of a tournament. I know and, where you're going. And with I know this. he was the five seed and he took fourth, but that was Lukey Pletcher, baby. Getting some takedowns, um, beating some dudes. I mean, let's think about this. He took fourth. The only people that finished above him were Suriano, Fix, and Michik. That's a pre- pretty legit company to be up there with. He beat the likes of um, Philippi, who he'd lost to earlier. And then he also beat, um, uh, who did he beat? Who did he beat? He beat Austin uh, DeSanto. And then he uh, lost to Michik. But, I mean, uh, Luke Pletcher, and he beat Montori Bridges. Luke Pletcher had a really nice tournament. Think about this. Here are some people that didn't All-American in this bracket. I was just thinking Philippi, the same thing. Yep, Philippi, Wilson, Gomez, Bridges. And the list can go on, but those are four people that didn't even get on the podium. Wilson took third last year. Tariq took third last year. Couldn't get on the podium. Actually got beat by John Ernesti from Missouri in Sudden Victory that 2 in the blood round. Me. That was a hell of a match. It was match. a hell of a match. Oh, my God. Wilson, I think, took neutral in overtime at some point because he didn't want to get ridden out by Ernesti. Exactly. Yeah, it was his choice to go down. He was like, I'm going neutral. He's like, I'm, he's like going neutral. Yeah, I'm going neutral. Um, him and Bridges, both former All-Americans that couldn't get back on the podium. But if you're going to give a shout-out to Luke Pletcher, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to Austin DeSanto. This guy has taken a beating all year long from from media and from fans regarding his antics uh, in during matches and after matches. And here's a guy that kept his composure together the entire weekend. The entire The entire weekend. weekend. Not only that, not only did he do that, but he also was able to do that and still finish in fifth place to get his first podium finish. That, to me, if this kid can continue to do that and his coaches can continue to harness some of that energy he has – and have him use it for good on the mat when he's wrestling, he can be a national champ someday. Oh, absolutely. Dare I say I was proud of him after he won that match against Roman Bravo Young, 7-2, to two, and the obviously favorable uh, Pennsylvania crowd started booing 
him, which is fine. I'm whatever you want to do. But all he did was he double padded Roman Bravo Young on the hips as he got off him yep. and said good match. Shook his hand and walked off. And then in a loss against Michik, Mr. Freaking Flying Kimura, you know. A close loss. In a close loss. Kept his composure, shook his hand, walked off the mat and said, hey, now I need to get ready to um, try to All-American. And who does he draw? Gomez. Gomez. A guy that beat him in the duel. in the duel. And he went out there and beat him 16 to 5. And basically, I mean, he worked him. Oh, no doubt. He worked him. And then he beats Lezak, Mr. Freaking March. Four to two, another guy that they've had a battle with. He battled all freaking, and, and even against Pletcher when he lost, he, there was no antics. Let's let, let's look about his path. Let's talk about his path to get to fifth place. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, after I obviously after Cody Russell in the first round, he's got to go up against you know a very 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 game all American Bravo Young, who also became an All American. Then he had Mitchich after that. He loses to Mitchich. He drops down. He's got Gomez beats him. Then he's got Lezak. Lezak beats him. Then he's got Pletcher. Pletcher sneaks by him seven to six before DeSanto then has to wrestle Ernesti, who's had a hell of a tournament himself, and then gets by him eleven to six. I mean, dude, I'm telling you. Great tournament. If DeSanto they can keep the, doing this with DeSanto, he can be a national champ. Yeah. I'm he's, looking forward to it. He's another. gonna be a nightmare for some people next year. He will. I'm looking forward to some more Pletcher uh DeSanto matches. That was actually a fun match, seven to six, pretty offensive. And and I think that's where um with Pletcher he was able to get takedowns when he needed to. Um real happy that he was able to reverse that loss and make the uh Make the semis. Hell, he had a four to two match against Fix. It kind of went the way I thought it was going to be. Fix took him down, threw in double boots, and and you know rode him for about eighty minutes. Um, you know, how about RBY? RBY after that loss early round, he came back. First, he, his first match in the Conties was against Chaz Tucker, a guy the nine just, seed. Yeah, a guy who did. Yeah, the nine seed, a guy who just beaten Pletcher. He beats him six to three. Then he's got to wrestle Ben Thornton, who'd beaten him earlier in the year, eight to two or eight to three. He beats him three to one. Then he's got to wrestle Philippi, a guy who's been as hot as anybody this year, and beats him four to three. Roman Bravo Young, I know he loses to Ernesti ten zero after that. Wow, Ernesti had himself a tournament. Ernesti's one of those guys, though. I don't he can, interrupt he can you. Blow up he's one of those guys that is so good on top and so funky that he can get on top. You can make a couple of mistakes, and before you know it, that match is blown open. Right. But I mean. Shit, RBY had to beat a lot of people that he either lost to or that were really good um, to place. And you know, now I know he took eighth, but um, as a true freshman, uh, I think I think this the sky's the limit for that kid too. You know what? what a I, tough fucking weight. One of the great things about this weight class is when you look at it, everybody's coming back. Fix, Suriano, Pletcher, Philippi, Michic, Desanto. Wilson, Gomez, Wilson, Bridges. Gomez. I mean, what? Well, okay, so we're losing Lezak. I like that kid. Oh, I love Lezak. I love Lezak. Like and by the kid. way, guys, what if, a strange, if you did not get a chance to watch, kid. go find that match in the second round between him and Tariq Wilson. It was everything that you thought it would be. It was a great match. Lezak wins 5-4. to four. I, I don't know, man. That that was one of the fun ones. Wilson had some great matches. He, he I think Wilson was just the... Um, um, was just just got you know I, I won't call it bad luck, but his two losses were to Lezak and then a really really close one to Ernesti and both of those matches may not be prototypical best style matchups for him because he's used to wrestling more traditional guys and when he had to wrestle some other guys who were a little like him they just out scrambled him one position and beat him. What do they say, man? Styles make fights. Yeah, uh, I liked this weight class. I can't believe that 
some of the people that did an All American. This is going to be a great. I can't class. believe all the people coming back next year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And you to know, see. some people are going to come up. There's going to be some people coming off. Red yeah. Shirt because I don't know. If, I don't is know Mueller if, making twenty five yeah, again? Mueller making twenty five again. He said. He said hashtag one fifty. Um, on Facebook or on Twitter today, and uh, that's man, when Shaw's. It's the off season, man. It's the off season. I don't know if he wants to make twenty five again. That don't sound <laughs> very fun, my friend. That was a good weight. Good weight. Yeah, man, one thirty three is always an exciting weight, and I think it's look. It's evident next year it's going to be just as exciting. But let's go to one forty one, where Woo. we may have. Like, can we just go inside tripping of the tournament, Dom? Demas, the inside trip of the week. That, I mean, oh, look, I mean, guys, I'm just letting you know we we plan on doing this podcast for a little bit longer, right? I mean, in general, this podcast will be around for a little bit longer because, guys, if you all want the inside trip of the week, it's not going to happen because Dom Demas has earned the inside trip of the week until he graduates, and then afterwards, in all freestyle bouts, hell, and even Greco bouts, even when they call leg foul, he's getting inside trip of the week. Dom Demas. I think that's all he did this weekend was just throw trips at people. I, I swear to God, I didn't see him get a takedown that wasn't an inside trip, and I'm not lying to you. I, I, I know it's not. I think he I'm hit an overtime shuck once, maybe to an inside trip, probably. I think he hit it to like a Merkel and then tripped him to <laughs> and his then back. Him. Yeah, I mean, dude. If you guys don't know Dom Demas, and you know his history a little better than I do, Dom Demas obviously from Ohio. His dad was like a judo. His dad was like a like a black belt in judo, judo. instructor. Right. Um, he taught him all this crazy ass shit that is awesome. I mean, I, I could, dude, Ben, Demas was probably one of the, the most exciting and fun guys to watch all weekend long. Here's a guy. Try to scout that inside who, trip. Who, as a, as a redshirt freshman, and he really didn't have the most outstanding of redshirt years, uh, you know, of years last year in redshirt. It was unremarkable. His redshirt year was actually pretty unremarkable. Exactly. I remember looking it up and going, dude, this dude, I hope he's not a bust. I mean, comes in. To this tournament as the nine seed with what you know seven losses entering the tournament I think, and not just wrestles his ass off with nothing but inside trips and athleticism and scrappiness to a fourth place finish, becoming the first Oklahoma All American in, in a little while and the first of Lou, Lou Roselli's Lou tenure as a coach. That's so congrats right. to Coach Roselli, congrats to Oklahoma, and mad props to Dom Demas. You are legitimately making Ben and I think about changing our logo. To basically just you, your your face. Our logo needs to be well. Our logo needs to be Dom Demas inside tripping somebody. I tell you what. Yes, shout out to so you know Lou Rizzelli, People have been bashing on him, but yo, let this guy get his recruiting classes through before you make a determination of whether or not Oklahoma's um, going to do some work here. Because you know what, one of his first recruits a, as a redshirt freshman not only has a great year, he had a great year this year. Um, gets the nine seed, but then he even outplaces that and. Um, takes fourth, just inside tripping the hell out of people. Didn't he inside trip Cannon's store with like three seconds left to beat him three to one? I forget which match it was, but I, he was inside tripping people left. Yeah, I think you're right. People right. Dude, he. I, I'm sorry, because I like this guy. I like this guy style. He fucked Nick Lee up with that insight with those inside trips. Ooh. I mean, every time I turned around, it seemed like Nick Lee was getting put on his back. Yeah, Lost wh- thirteen to nine to him. When was that? That was uh, in the Concy semis. The Concy semis. Yeah, because I was trying to remember exactly what what match I was watching at the time. Yeah, that was I was I was just straight up watching that match, and oh my goodness, dude! And Nick Lee's and, a guy that look. I had Nick Lee as, as outs- third. Yeah, outs- I had him beaten freaking Ironman. Honestly, outside of McKenna and. Yanni D. And, and Yanni, Nick Lee's a guy that could win this freaking weight class. 
And right. Demas just, I mean, he was just putting on a show, having a good time, watching Nick Lee fight off his back. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, cause, and, and Nick Lee battled. Hey, I, I'd love to watch that match again because th- that's going to be a fun match. It's completely contrasting style, completely contrasting styles. But, yeah, Dom Demas, Inside Trip of the Week. Another dude that you got to shout out is Shoop. Shoop, dead oop. Lockhaven just doing it again. Doing it again. Low seeds. 13 seed says, yo, I'm going to beat Josh Auber. Josh Auber, how good was he wrestling this year? God, that hurt. Josh Auber he was, he was having a great year. season. Be, had beaten Ironman this yeah. year. Was given, you know, just having battles with dudes. I think, what, again, won over 30 matches. What to what, like six losses coming into this tournament? Something like that. And he just he, he couldn't get on the podium. Well, not only that, he lost after that he, his first constant round. He got beat fifteen to five by uh, Morris from MC State. That that was a bummer for me. But l- let's get back on the hype train. Shoop's nasty on top, bro. He gets by. He had a tough draw. Matt Finley ain't no joke. Remember, we said that was a match to watch first round. Matt Finley was ranked what in the top ten all year. Beats him eight to seven. Then goes and beats Auburn nineteen to ten. You know, he loses the Ironman. Then he goes down, and Cade freaking Brock. That's Cade a- Brock had that match won, and he did stupid things. And when you do stupid things against a guy that's really dangerous, you lose. And Shoop beat him 14 to 10. Shoop was involved 19 to 10, 14 to 10. I mean, in some great matches. Well, you talk about the amount of points that Shoop put up in some of those matches. Shoop is a guy who freaking rolled through the EWL tournament the conference tournament scoring outscoring his opponents 40 to 1 in in three matches 40 to 1 in three matches i didn't know that it doesn't surprise me the way he wrestles dude is a freaking nightmare on top but how tough think about this Cade brock is a guy that last year at 133 if you recall defeated a really good guy in the blood round to become an all-american who did he keep from all-american last year uh he beat um shit do you we, remember? We've talked about this I know. this year. I can't remember. I can't remember either. It's all right, guys. A- anyway, It'll come to us. Cade Brock is a guy that basically has extensive experience wrestling at this tournament, getting on the podium. Last year, wrestling in the blood round to get on the podium. And Shoop has to go through him. And, I mean, and he just he looked good doing it. It's, it's, gonna, it's insane. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, um, if, if you want, why don't you look it up while I talk about Cade Brock? Because... You know what's funny? The thing about Cade Brock is he was actually wrestling really well this tournament. He had a really, really pedestrian year, but he wrestled well. 15 seed has an 18 seed first round, you know. Beats him 12 to 3 in Brian Lantry. The guy's a multiple time qualifier. Are we stupid? Who was it? Jack Mueller! No, it was Mueller. We've been talking about this all yeah, year. <laughs> so listen to this. After Brock gets worked by McKenna, which we knew that was going to happen, he drops down and he beats Ian Parker 12 to 4. Ian Parker beat him this year. Yes. He beats Ian Parker 12 to 4. Then he beats Sam Turner, who beat him this year 10 to 4. Yes. Brock was wrestling really well, guys. Brock was having a really good tournament. I think that just goes to show you not only the type of tournament that Kyle Shoup was having, but also how good he is. And that's the thing when when you're talking about teams like Lockhaven, okay? Because they always come into this tournament with guys with outstanding records, but not always seated the highest. And I think it has to do with a lot of the times the level of competition they're wrestling all year. We don't get to see them against... They could just get to one big tournament. Right. We, we don't get to see them against, you know, the elite level guys throughout the year. And if we do, it's, 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 it's not often. And so then they get to this tournament and they just start wrecking dudes. Kyle Shoup's only a junior. 
I'm pumped. I'm oh, shoopy doop. We get to see him one more year. I remember he was a national qualifier as a freshman and sophomore and um, had some really good, uh, some decent records. I, I mean, I knew the name, right? I mean, we knew the name, right, Kyle Shoop. We knew who he was in general. But I'm I, I'm not sure I thought he was going to go out there and take seventh place in the NCAA tournament, beating Chad Red eleven to three. You know he wasn't he, a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. That's awesome. Exactly. That is awesome. But that's what PA does, man. If you're good on top, oh man, if you're good on t- guys, anybody that listens to us that's under the age of 18 that's still trying to wrestle, one, turn it off because this is an explicit podcast unless you asked your mother, and two, get good <laughs> on top. Get fucking good on top. It's it's, it's the equalizer. Hey, we're from Ohio, and you know what? The refs don't let us ride here. It's true. But in PA, they do. And if you can get good on top, man, you can do some damage at the NCAA tournament. And you can become an All-American like Kyle Shoup. You know, there was a match that I was so excited to see in this in this, in this weight class, this bracket. I thought it was going to be super exciting. And it actually ended up being as boring as could be. And that was when Dom Demas wrestled Jaden Ironman for third place. Yeah. Because here I am. I'm thinking, oh, man, we got we got Dom Demas throwing the kitchen sink at people. We got Jaden Ironman who just pulls shit out of his back pocket. He, do, he makes up moves. He, exactly. But then once they started wrestling, and the match ended two to nothing, basically an escape for Ironman, then also a riding time point, it, it hit me. Dom Demas has to engage with people, get into those ties to get to his, you know, his trips and throws. Right. And Jaden Ironman doesn't want to engage with people because he wants to score off of their attacks. Right. And right. that's exactly what turned this into the worst third place match of the tournament. I, I stood up and started booing him. Well, they, I yelled at him. I told him both to get the hell out of the arena and don't come back for the I mean, finals. that is completely false. I did. I'm pretty really, sure you went and got us a beer, though, dude. Yeah, I did. Match. I was really proud of Dom Demas, man. And really proud of Shoop. You know who I'm. Proud of, but bummed out about was, was, was Joey McKenna, man. And, and, and I'm proud of Yanni DeHakamahalas. I don't know why I keep on saying proud. These guys don't give a shit, but that was a great match. Yeah, it's funny. We've been sitting here talking about the 141 weight class all this time, and we haven't even talked about the two guys wrestling in the finals. Look, I think there's a couple of, a couple of points that I'll make here. Um, one... People really, really, really appreciate watching Yanni Diakamahalas because we're literally getting to watch probably one of the most technical wrestlers I've seen in a long time, and he's such a superior competitor as well. Here's a guy that literally has ice in his veins. He does not shake at any moment. He does not get rattled. And after watching him for two years and seeing him only take one loss, and that was to Jaden Ironman last year, and the the, the the gauntlet that he ran at last year's tournament and what he did at this year's tournament, if there is, if he is ever in a match and he is either down by one or ahead by one, he's going to win that match. He's going to win that match. Let's look at it in the semifinals. He used the neutral danger takedown to beat Ironman. Six to five. That was a scramble fest. Ironman gave him everything he wanted. That match was, and, and, and you and I didn't get to catch a ton of it as much because we were, <laughs> we're on pins and needles watching McKenna Lee wrestle, but I would occasionally look over and watch these dudes trying to hit throw buys on each other and stuff. McKenna needed a neutral takedown, um, da- or danger. D- Yanni did. Or Yanni did, just to get by Ironman, who, guys, let's not forget Ironman, <laughs> Mr. Third. I mean, that dude is legit as hell, too. Um, but Yanni Dahakamahalas lives for these close matches, and McKenna gets that takedown in the um, um, in the first match. And I'm thinking, okay. Or in the first period. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, okay. Not only that, but we also got a penalty point, didn't we? 
Didn't we get a penalty? Didn't McKenna get it? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Oh, oh I thought yeah, McKenna got Michael one. Jordan okay, National. okay, yeah. okay. Never mind. Which didn't matter worth shit then. Um, so we get that takedown, and I'm like, okay, that's good. But what did? But Joey McKenna, he did the same thing against Nick Lee. He did this. He's been doing this all year. He's not hitting the corner on his singles. He hit the corner on the one single to beat Yanni Diakamahalas, or to take down Yanni Diakamahalas. His other single legs, he got caught parallel in him. And you know what? Against Yanni, Yanni did high legs. He did traditional high leg overs and put McKenna in bad positions and really scored on him once when it should have been a takedown and it wasn't. There, yeah, I, and, and there could and, have been an argument for two and two. Yeah, but then scored on it again when it was called a takedown and, and wasn't. So when he threw the boot in? Yeah, he was too high for me. Too high for me, and um, McKenna still had the under, like, still had the, um, right. the it wasn't even a, a, a seat belt. It was, like, all the way up into, like, an underhook. I wouldn't go two there. I would have gone two at the end of the, the but I would have gone period. two and two, the other time, so or at least two. So I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, McKenna was screwed at all. It, it, it is what it is. And the bottom line is, um, it ended up going into overtime. McKenna gets in deep again, and guess what? He gets parallel. Yanni rolls him through, catches an ankle, gets it to his feet, and takes him down. Yanni Dakmahalas earned that win. He did. He absolutely did. And I, I've seen a lot of people on social media, you know, basically. Almost blame him for the refing. Look, these kids, these kids can't control. They don't control the refing. These athletes, they don't control the refing. Oh, just, I don't know about that. Have you seen these dads paying people off to get into college? Yanni's dad paid him off. Shut up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's I'm the worst take ever. Yeah, that is so bad. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look. In all seriousness, man. These guys, they don't have any control of the refing. They're just wrestling the matches as it presents himself. And Yanni won that match fair and square. And I guarantee you, Joey McKenna wouldn't say anything differently. Yo, bad form, Tom Ryan. Do you see his tweet? Yes, I bad did. Bad form, man. Hey. And you know what? This is not the first time we've seen this from him. We saw I don't like it. the Mark Hall and the Bo Jordan match. Well, that was... A little, I could stomach that a little bit more because that was a really blown call. I, this one, guys, it's it is what it is, man. You put yourself. They're in that not going to go out and re wrestle the match. We're not going. It's Wait, not going to change anything. Johnny Dakamahalas is your national champ. Absolutely, guys. Do you think that we didn't want fucking Joey McKenna to win? We did. I did. I think you did too. We. I know you did because when we watched him beat Nick Lee, you gave me a, a hug in the press row, and I was like, okay, I don't know if this is legal, but I really, really enjoy it. What? No, I liked it. We slipped a little underhook hug there when yeah, he did it. Yeah, look, we're just going underhooks. Pummel drill, baby. Yeah. Pummel drill. <laughs> we're just pummeling. Look, I wanted Joey McKenna to win, but he didn't do enough to do it, guys. And um, yeah, maybe I, I do agree that there was some controversy in that first in that last takedown wasn't a takedown, but I think that the first one was. What the hell do you want me to do? Yanni Dakmahal is a two-time champ. Joey McKenna goes out as having an illustrious career. Third, Amazing. Third. In second and four years. I know he did an All-American one year. Um, and he's going to have some freestyle aspirations. If he freaking can hit the corner on that single leg. Uh, speaking of freestyle aspirations, guys, we're going to see these guys wrestle again. Because these two guys are going to be battling for 65 kilograms. Yeah. So we're going to see these guys wrestle a lot in the future. Because um, McKenna know, was the final X uh, um, runner-up to, to Logan Steeper this year. Right. So. You know, they asked Yanni in the post-match press conference, you know, about how he stays so poised. And, and I'm so glad that somebody asked that question because that's one thing that I really, and I, don't know, I know I already mentioned it, but really couldn't stop thinking about watching him wrestle this entire tournament. 
he does. He, he never looks uncomfortable. He never looks rattled. And I thought his answer was perfect. You know, he just bas- he basically gave credit to, to to all the coaches that he's had. They have instilled in him from day one that he will never allow himself to lose, and he believes that he can and always will find a way to win the match. He said that he genuinely believes in that. And that's what does it for him. And when you have that type of belief in yourself, that is what allows you to be so calm and cool and collected in these close matches because he's got a history of having close matches. You know, he's kind of like Kyle Dake. He's kind of like Kyle Dake in that aspect. That's a fair comparison. I mean, yeah, that's a fair comparison. You know, 5-1 over Demas type type of stuff, 7-3 over Red. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I'll I'm, buy it. I'll buy it. How about the six it. to five over Ironman, the sudden victory win over McKenna? No, I'll buy Look it. Look what he did last I'm year. I'm buying it, baby. I'm buying what you're selling. I don't know. It's unfortunate that the refing gets in the way of this match because, um, you know, I think that the, I think that the right person won, unfortunately. But you know, it won't be tainted, right? I mean, he won no. the match. No, it can't be tainted. Yeah, and, but you know what? Again, guys, as much as I can say this, Joy McKenna wrestled a hell of a match. Yeah, he did. He, Yanni Dakamahalis is a scotch better than he is. Just, I mean, just a hair better than he is in in, in folk style wrestling. And he, he proved it twice. What else do you want me to say? I mean, do you hell. think you think Yanni's the long term plan at sixty five, or is, it, is the long term man at sixty five? You know, I'd have to really sit down and look 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 at um, who's there. Um, you know, Steber's definitely not. Right? I think Steve. I, I think we're Steber probably has uh, you know just a very short amount of time left in him. Right. Okay, I think I think it's time to move on to the next. You know, the next generation of guys coming up at sure. that, you know, the Ironmans, 65, McKenna, Yanni D. Yeah. The thing is, there's always somebody that comes out of the, comes out of the nowhere. The Joe Colones that just come out right. and start wrecking dudes. Yeah, or, you know, even JB, I mean, was great, but was he as great as we thought he was going to be, you know? You know, so there's always somebody that... I called it. <laughs> yeah, you did? You did? Uh, you were like, Jordan <laughs> Burroughs is going to be the freaking goat. Um yeah, I, I I like Yanni. I mean, because he's got some freestyle history, right? He's got some freestyle chops. So I was just curious. No, I, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, about one forty nine. Yeah. You look, man. Again, hats off to Rutgers. I know. Second, Should've the second of two national champions. I mean, I think it's a great story, Ben. I think it's great. I think it's great for the program. Here's a team that's new to the Big Ten. You know, he came into the Big Ten, um, wasn't a powerhouse wrestling school at all by any means, never had, you know, many All-Americans, never had a four-time All-American until Anthony Ashnault became that this year, never had national champs until Suriano and Ashnault became that this year. I like it. I like what it does. I think what they have, I'm going to take a sip real quick of some whiskey. Oh, okay. I think where they're at is good because ain't nobody more fucking loyal than them freaking Jersey boys. Right? Anthony Ashnall said, yo, I'm going to go to Rutgers, and I'm going to become their first national champ and their first four-time All-American. Soriano left Penn State because he's like, yo, I'm too Jersey for this place. <laughs> it's exactly he's what like, it was. No, it was. He's I like, know. <laughs> he's like, I got I to gotta take my shirt off and walk around the boardwalk and flex these abs, yo. Speaking of shirts, did you see the shirt that he wore to their, like, homecoming parade? No. Oh, oh my God. You got to look at, you gotta look at the pictures. What did it say? It's when he, you know, they had, like, this big, uh, um... You know, like when the, the, the charter bus got back yeah. to the university, they had like this big, you know, welcoming oh, for, for them. Oh, when they won it? Yeah, you just got to go go look at this shirt. It is as jersey as jersey. it gets. They eat clean, bro. It, oh, man, it is. As, it's, yeah. 
it's pretty uh it's it's pretty pimping. But but that's what I, I wouldn't wear it because I couldn't pull it off. But dude, you're about as far from Jersey as you can get. I you might as well live in Alaska, dog. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like I think that Rutgers is gonna be able to pull these jerseys guys because these Jersey people, the Gravinas, those types of people, I just like saying Italian names, are uh, <laughs> Lapari. Yeah, the par- oh, I oh, love that boy scraps. Lepari, baby. That dude just scraps his balls off. I feel like they're going to get more of these jerseys, guys. And, dude, we've seen New Jersey's on a come up in wrestling. We've always known they're good. But, I mean, them in Ohio are scrapping right now for the second best state. And this is coming from a dude that lives in Ohio that bleeds Ohio wrestling. Um, so, yeah, it's great for Rutgers. They got two champs. They finished in the top ten. Um, I'll tell you what. Maryland and Rutgers joined the Big Ten at the same time, and uh, they are in uh, completely opposite directions right now. I think I saw a stat that said that, did they have seven guys in the finals? Jerseys? Jersey guys. I think they had six champs at the bigs. I don't know what the finals was. They might have. Yeah, no, dude. Look, McKenna, Jersey guy, right? Uh, Suriano, Jersey guy. Kassar. Kassar, Jersey guy. Ashnault, Jersey guy. Makai Lewis, Jersey guy. Suriano. I said Suriano. Oh. So there's five right there. I think there were seven guys from Jersey in the finals, I think. Man. I'm trying to think uh, what are some of the other ones. 74, no. 57. No. No. 41, 40, 33, no. 25. Man, I don't know. Oh, Rivera. No, Rivera. Yeah, Rivera. No, he wasn't in the finals. But he's Jersey, right? There's a lot of Jersey All-Americans. Yeah, he's Jersey boy. Is he Jersey or New York? Jersey. Jersey. Piccinini's New York. Okay. I don't anyway, know. Where, where that's are impressive. Going? Where just, are we going? I love we're it. Talking, we're talking. Hey, yo, we just talking. We talking. Pass the meatballs. Shut up. I know. I, I, the thing is, I don't even know if that's offensive. If it is, I apologize. Well, I mean, <laughs> I love fucking Italian food. Who doesn't? Okay, Ben. Let's. Uh... And I love my mom. Who doesn't? Mama Watson. Okay. Let's. Can we drop the bad accent? Yeah. Please. We can. Are we still on? Okay, yeah, let's keep going. All right, man. I, I, I'm used to you. Feeling. Anyway, 149, freaking astronaut rolls. Rolls, dude. What What would we say, right? What would we say? We did this nice little periscope before we um before the finals, and we said that Michael Jordan definitely had a shot, right? We, we both agree, right, that Michael Jordan had a chance to win that match. He had a chance. But Things have to, say? Everything has to go right. He, he couldn't just do something stupid like get cradled and put to his back. Correct. And, and Anthony Astronaut, as we said, is so good at finding points on the mat. I'm shocked. I'm actually surprised Michael Jordan didn't get pinned in that cradle. You know, Michael Jordan's a scrapper, dude. Right. He had a hell of a tournament. He had an amazing tournament. But Anthony, Anthony Astronaut is really good at just finding points on the mat, whether it be something funky, whether it be something tactical. He's able to find points on the mat. This was actually one of the matches I was most looking forward to, and it ended up just being a blowout. Um, and that's after Astronaut really... Had a tight one with Kaladzic. That was a ride out. You know that? He won 2 0 on ride outs. No offensive points scored. He had to grind to beat Kaladzic. Um, but let's talk about Micah Jordan for a little bit. Uh, Micah Jordan really worked his way to the finals. Um, you know, he uh, uh, pinned Shane Oster first round, but then he beats uh, an All American, Max Thompson from UN- University of Northern Iowa, 17 to 4, and then works a guy who ends up All Americaning. In Lugo, ten to three, and it was just dominant. And then he beats one of the most stingy wrestlers, and by stingy I mean doesn't do anything ever. Wrestlers 
and Austin O'Connor, 7-4 with three takedowns. He looked really good going into the finals. I thought, yo, this dude's got a chance. He just uh, he made he made too many mistakes. Made yeah. too many mistakes. I think, I, honestly, that cradle to the back just really changed the entire dynamics of that match. You're done, son. And, you know, at that point in time, if you're Micah Jordan, I, I mean, look, we're, we're down, you're down six to nothing at that point in time. Hey, That's I'm a over. big hole. It's a big hole. I'm over, <laughs> I'm over these four-point back points. I think you need to go back to three, dude. I, and and it's not because of this match, but just generally, dude. You get you get taken down to the back. You're down six zero. Ball game against a really good guy. I don't know. I don't like it. I think that I think that getting hit for five is way better than getting hit for six, guys. And especially four for four. It used to be three for five or five for three. I don't like it, guys. Let's go back. My personal opinion. I don't know why I just brought it up there. That literally just popped into my head. It's all good. And, and I don't want it to ruin the um the um podcast, but. How about a first-round match between Kading and Feller and Ryan Belize, dude? Feller, I know, is a guy that you know you followed really a I, long time because he's on your fantasy team, so you're going to obviously follow him. I mean, there, what can you say about it? I mean, Belize <laughs> beating 5-1 to one in sudden victory. I, I think Caden Feller came to this tournament. Um, I think the, the lights were a little too bright for him in this tournament. Okay, uh, He went 0-2. Uh, that's not the Caden Gefeller that you had seen all year. Now, he granted, looked great this year. He looked really good, you know, except for maybe a couple of match stretch where he lost to, you know, Kolodzik, Ashnault, and Mahler. you know, Brock Mahler. And I mean, all those guys, Americans. all all Americans. Um, I mean, Kolodzik and and Mahler, you know, wrestled for fifth and sixth. Ashnault's your champ. Um, I don't know what to say about Gefeller. He just he just wasn't ready for the tournament, and then he loses that match, drops down into the Concies, and you know he loses to uh, to Josh Maruka to, to, to go zero and two. But, but, young, he's young, and he's got a lot of time. And you know, here's a guy that was up a weight this year, getting thrown into the starting lineup after Bulu Allen gets hurt. You know what? Let's talk about Mitch Feinsilver for a second. Mitch Feinsilver joins the Duke All-American Club, Duke Wrestling All-American Club, becoming their sixth All-American, or six six years in a row with an All-American, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, here's a guy, Mitch Feinsilver, had never been on the podium, wasn't a highly touted recruit coming out of high school, definitely wasn't a top 100 recruit, goes to Duke University, loses in the blood round in New York City to Justin Oliver, loses a couple of years ago in the round of 16, Comes into this tournament and he only he loses two matches to the same guy, Austin O'Connor. These guys have wrestled six had wrestled six times this year. Yep. They knew each other, and in those matches, you know, give credit to Austin O'Connor and their coaching staff. They knew what to stay away from for Mitch Feinsilver. They got the best of him, but Mitch still comes back and finishes fourth in this weight class. Dude, I couldn't be happier to have seen that happen. I would have liked to have seen him place higher, but to see him get past that hump and get on that podium. You know, we've been talking about him all year. He's been one of our personal favorites. I'm super proud of him. Super proud of Duke Wrestling. I think they're doing great things. We all know the story. They get no scholarships. Um, Coach Lanham is taking guys. Oh, and they actually have to go to class. Duke yeah. Oh, yeah, University, yeah. Guys. You mean they got to be student athletes. Right. Yeah. yeah, at Duke. But Coach Lanham, if you think about it, look look who his All-Americans Duke, have been. I, He's I taking talk- guys that, I mean, look, Jacob Casper, well, didn't win a state title in high school. I think he was a two-time placer. Maybe a two-time finalist. You know, in Ohio, um, wasn't a state champ. Mitch Feinsilver coming out of Colorado as a two-time champ out of Colorado. You know, Connor Hartman, those type of guys. We got to meet him. Yeah, we did. That was he's was like our cool. hero, man. It was pretty cool. But you know, Coach Lanham is is taking these guys and developing them into great 
great wrestlers and great people. And I will tell you, Ben, I was I couldn't have been. It was I was, Highlight I was my trip. so grateful to have been able to go to their social after Highlight the tournament. Of my trip. It was amazing. Coach Lanham, Coach Casper, Coach Nelson, that entire staff, the greatest people you're gonna come across. The fine silver four man, amazing kids, got to meet their family. It was just you know you can you were able to see like an inside glimpse of why this team is doing so much right now with uh, under the radar and with maybe not the greatest of support. Yeah. Highlight of my trip to go to the, um, their social. One, because they had hella good food. They did. They did. <laughs> no, and two. Thank you, Coach Lanham. Could Coach Lanham be any cooler? No. He's, he's sitting here having a conversation with somebody, and we walk in, and he immediately looks over and just waves at us, and it's like, come on over, talks to us, introduces us to people. We talked to Jacob Casper. I mean, that guy, he would – give you the shirt off his back if he wanted to. And then you and I are talking, and we're like, yo, there was this dude, Connor Hartman, I don't know if you guys know him, but he had this amazing scramble. He was a couple-time All-American for Dukes. They're like, he's right over there. Connor Hartman comes over and talks to us for like 15 minutes just about wrestling, but also just random stuff. Then the fine silver. There was a three-time All-American for Duke. Three times. You know, like – Connor Hartman was one of my favorites, like, following him. You know, he's got red hair. You got yeah, you know, yeah, you like gingers got to stick together, man. I love them, too. And then, and then the Fine Silvers are all like, and I got to talk to uh, the Fine Silvers' mom. You know, I, I told her just how proud I was of, of, of Mitch and that, you know, I know he didn't reach the, his ultimate goal of winning the title, but that he's going to look back on that and he's going to remember how, you know, everything that he did and all the work that he put in, and it was worth it. And we got to get a picture with him. I got to talk to Ben Anderson, who I think is only a freshman who won a match is a freshman tournament. with probably the greatest mullet in the tournament. Yeah. Enters the tournament at 157 pounds in the pigtail as the 33 seed with a 9-16 and 16 record. And what's care. he do? He decks Clucker, Alex Clucker from Lock Haven with a freaking headlock and sticks him. Now, then he goes out there and wrestles Nolf, and the match didn't last as long. Um, but that's okay. Ben yeah. Anderson won that match. No, no cheated. Uh, no, <laughs> no cheated. No cheated. He pinned him. That's not allowed. Yeah, but it was so cool to go to that. Um, and Earl was with us, and the guys from uh, Blackshirt Dyers was with us, and we were just all able to just. Man, they could not be nicer. Duke is not even slowly becoming like my favorite wrestling program. Dude. I'm telling you, Coach Lanham. If I had a kid, I'll send him to wrestle for Coach Lanham all day, every day. Every freaking day, go to Duke. You're gonna get a great education, and he's putting all he's putting people on the podium, yo. Dylan Ryan, you know, one of our buddies of the podcast, you know, was there as well, and um, you know, you know him on Twitter as Rhino. Um, great guy, hilarious guy. But you know, one of the things that he told me was is that one, Coach Lanham took a chance on him, and that he's forever in debt to him for doing that. But two, out of all the coaches they talked to, when his dad met Coach Lanham. His dad was immediately sold and felt confident and comfortable that this man would would take care of my son and 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 basically treat him, you know, treat him like family. Yeah. Treat him like family. Handle him the right way. Make sure that he's got his head's on the right track. Exactly. And make sure he's on the right path. And now look, now he's now Dylan Ryan's doing some neurology residency. He's doing a neurology residency at Duke. At Duke. Yeah. I think I, I think it worked out okay. That for dude. Him. That dude's smart. And he's Jack too. Pissing me off. I'll take you out still, Dylan. No, you won't. <laughs> How about Jarrett Deegan, the man who's about eight foot six? <laughs> I mean, literally, there's a picture on the interweb rolling around that. of him standing. 149 pounder Jarrett Deegan standing next to 197 pounder Willie Miklas, and he's legitimately a foot and a half taller than him. 
I'm not sure if he's legitimately. Yeah, like, we'll go with it. Jared so Diggins. I, I, you know those. How do you wrestle? I'm telling you, like that? you know those big old. I, he always reminds me of those giant inflatable Gumby looking things that float around at used car dealerships. Yeah. That's what he reminds well, me. Well, that's of. gonna be his job after he graduates from Iowa State. <laughs> I don't mean that to be in a bad school, but like that's that would be a great career. Again, Ben. See your see yourself uh, out. I don't just have bad <laughs> I'm kidding. Jokes, I'm dude. kidding. You know there was a a couple other guys, uh, two two um, to be honest with you, they're both all American previously. I think both as like freshmen never got back on the podium, and that's Tommy Thorne and Justin Oliver from NC State. Yo, bro, I said Tommy Thorne could make a little run in this bracket, and he did. He did made it all the way to the blood round. You know, unfortunately lost out to Lugo, but Tommy Thorne, the guy that. Legitimately looked like he did not want to be on the mat anymore this tournament, my man. Goes out there. He beats Artelona first round. Now, Artelona actually comes back to All-American. Um, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry. He lost to Deegan in the blood round. I'm yeah. sorry. But he beats Artelona first round. Obviously falls to Brock Mahler. Look, Brock Mahler's the real deal, by the way. He yeah, is I was the real wondering. Deal. He and is I the real found deal. found out that he is. But then Thorne drops down. And, I mean, he beats v- uh, Vandermeer from Stanford. Beats Bergy in sudden victory to make the blood round before following to Pat Lugo. It sucks that he didn't get back on the podium, but it was nice to see him go back out there and scrap it the way he did one right. last time. Right, go out one last time. I think he can go out with his head held high there. You got anything else on 49? No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Interesting to see how this weight class is going to shape up next year because you look, Ashnault's gone. Kaladzic's gone. Jordan's gone. Jordan's gone. Fine Silver's gone. I mean, holy it, shit. O'Connor, Mahler, those guys. You know, Bergy. I mean, well, I don't think Bergy's going to make that weight again next year. Now, we'll see some people honest. jumping up we'll, we'll, and maybe even coming down for sure. And you got guys like, you know, a guy like Sammy Sasso from Ohio State, those type of guys coming out of red shirt. I It'll think he immediately comes in and becomes a title contender, to be honest with you. It'll be interesting to see. I know he gave, Pent- you know, Alec Pantaleo a loss this year. Yeah, amongst others. All right, 157. Hey, man, tip of the cap and farewell to one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever had the pleasure of watching. And I can't say I, I couldn't be more happier to see you leave. Yeah, man, stop beating up on everybody. No, Jason Nolf, um, stand up, slow clap for that guy because that guy is one of the most dominant folk-style wrestlers I've ever seen and one of the most fun folk-style wrestlers I've ever seen and one of the most classy people that have done it. Has, has Nolf ever been involved in a scandal? Ever been involved in something where you're like, man, I didn't like that. I didn't like the way he did that. Or, you know, he's showing somebody up. Or he's doing this or doing that. I can't think of a time. Nolf's just the guy that does everything on the mat. He does all of his talking through his wrestling. And, I mean, he really doesn't need to say much more after it either because he's just straight embarrasses dudes on the mat. And it's been fun to watch him wrestle. I will never forget his freshman year, those battles with Imar. When he beat when Imar he in the duel. Imar at Illinois. In that duel, yeah. And then their battles in the Big Ten Finals and the National Finals. I mean, I look, I may be wrong, but after what Imar said about what it was like to having to wrestle Jason Nolf, he said it was the most miserable experience of his life. He never stopped. You could never relax. There's a part of me that thinks that helped make, make the decision for Imar to go up to 165. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You know. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm always getting pretty big as well. That cut was pretty big. But I think that it, I think certainly the fact that Nolf was in his weight class played played a part. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll I'm not it. saying I'll, it was the reason. I'll, that he was I'll agree running, with you. But I, I mean, look, if he was considering going up to 165 because of the weight, look, I'm saying it, it, it helped make the decision a little bit easier. He's like, I don't got to wrestle this freak again. But Nolf's win is not without a little bit of controversy. 
Yeah, I thought the semifinal match with Hidley. I mean, Ben, I'll be honest with you. If there was going to be a, 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 a if there was going to be some refing that I might have disagreed with, it, it was probably going to be that one right there. I agree. I disagree with it. Um, you know, I, I do disagree with it. Obviously, what we talked about with you know Yanni and McKenna, um, I think that went to both their advantage. You know, we talked about that already, but. I, I think that, that there was definitely a great case for two points in this match. Um, for and that Hidley. was in the first period. Right, but, so, I'm, so but still. So would Nolf have been able to, you know, Nolf we, we could talk, a different match. We could talk about that ad nauseum, but I think what it does is it, it just continues to to yes. support the fact yes. that we need third-party unbiased reviewers at this tournament, reviewing These refs calls. Can't be because their own they're, they're not going to reverse their, their, their they own calls. Do they, they, they don't have the balls to do it. The refs cannot review their own calls. Brandon, I couldn't agree with you more. It it, it is, it, it makes challenges almost worthless. I mean, unless it's egregious, the ref is not going to not going to overturn their own call. The bottom line is, you watch that takedown. Nolf's knee was on the mat when Hidley was behind him. It was two. Didn't Nolf say in an interview that he thought he was taken down? Yeah, Nolf said, "I thought I was taken down." Well, because he was. Now. Do I think Nolf would still have won that match? Yes, I think Nolf would have found a way to take Hidley down. I think that I think that um, that that has been shown, but um, that was two. Now Hidley also had the chance to win, uh, uh, put the match in overtime at the end. He had Nolf's leg in the air, and Nolf was bouncing on one foot, and he tried to sweep, just couldn't get it. Time just ran out a little bit. Props to Hidley. He gave Nolf the best. He went match. after it. He, he gave Nolf the best match Nolf has ever had, besides a loss, I think in the. Um, in Nolf's career, Hidley, yeah. his face when he lost that match. Man, he that is one time where I I felt I felt really bad for the guy. Pain in the heart, man. Yeah, because I think he knew in his mind that he had that match or should have won that match or could have won that match. Yeah, and I mean these two guys. Look, this was your finals last year, and and Hidley battled him tough last year, but there was never any doubt. I mean, Nolf controlled the match. Right, I mean, six two. Yeah, beat beat him up last year, and. You know, I'm not so sure that even if you know if Hidley had gotten that for that that takedown, I'm not so sure that 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 maybe that Nolf would have still won that match because that's the way Hidley Hidley was wrestling really you're really right. well. You're that right. Match. Maybe Nolf pushes a little too much and Hidley gets in on the leg again. That, I mean, anything's it. possible, but I'll tell you what, Hidley's only a sophomore. He's coming back next year. Yeah, and it's going to be great to watch. Now, granted, you know he loses to Pantaleo for third and fourth, which was a little shocking to me. Hats off to Pantaleo Dude, for putting together he had a great a tournament. tournament. Uh, Pantaleo, he was the fourth seed, and you and I were like, "Yo, that ain't right." I didn't think it was right. I, did, I agreed with you, but I mean, you know what? He earned. It. He showed that it was, that Dude, it was earned. He wrestled a hell of a tournament. His only loss was to um, um, to Hidley in sudden victory. Yeah, honestly, there's two. His guys. only loss was Hidley to sudden victory. Right. There's two guys in this tournament that I thought wrestled really well, and that's Pantaleo and Caleb, Caleb Young. Young. Caleb Those Young two guys coming out party. On. Yes. Caleb Young, when we'd been talking about this, that if Caleb Young would get to his offense, if he would open it up and get to his offense, he can do great things. And here's a guy that goes out, Tech falls Dan Reed in the first round, 16-1, to then just up against Keyshawn Hayes again, completely demolishes Keyshawn Hayes, 14-2. to He beat the shit out of Keyshawn Hayes. Then... He beats Berger seven to five in sudden victory, taking Berger down twice, I believe, in that match. No, Berger, Berger. I'm sorry, Deacon. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, Deacon. <laughs> no, but, but he beats Deacon twice. He beats Deacon twice, drops down, wrestles, you know, loses to Pantaleo in the, the Conci semis. Pantaleo is just a guy that's had his number this year, and then beats Deacon again, seven to five again in sudden victory for fifth and sixth place. I mean, Caleb Young had a hell of a tournament. 
And this guy's what? Sophomore? He's got three more years coming back. And if he can continue to make 57, if they don't decide to bump their lineup at all, if he continues to make 57, dude, he could be a force next year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He absolutely could be a title contender. I I agree with you. And and him and Pantaleo, I I mean, I can't stress enough how, you know, I thought Pantaleo was not really having a great year. And he turned it on and had a hell of a tournament. Third place in this bracket with only loss being a sudden victory to Hidley. Shout out. You know, also, I mean, let's give Berger a little bit of credit, too. Berger was able to find his way to the finals. Um, didn't quite have the toughest path compared to some of the other ones. He did have to beat a, a red-hot young. Um, Nolf put it on him at the end, huh? What do you What do you think? I he mean, Berger, was, Berger, Berger ran his mouth a little bit this year. Well, <laughs> I think Berger is just a guy that, you know, look, he—, he, he He's a great wrestler, and he probably believed that he could actually, you know, win this bracket. And he has to believe right, that. I don't mind if guys chirp a little bit. Make it interesting. Create some storylines. Sure. You know, you're gonna, you know, take skulls or whatever. Look, one of your boys, Eric Montoya, his senior year was just saying he was collecting skulls all year long. Yeah, you know, it, it makes it fun. It does make it fun. I am mad at Burger. I no. ain't mad at Burger for doing that at all. You know, even if it is, a, you know, against a guy like Nolf. Look, if if everybody else in the country thinks you don't have a chance, as long as you think you do, that's all that matters. Right? What is he supposed to do? To say I'm gonna take four heads. Well, then, I I can't wait then, to get to the finals. Yeah, can and we get, get a runner-up mo- yeah. trophy? No, no, you know, and I don't care. You know, it he, he it wasn't disrespectful. It wasn't like he chirped at Nolf the entire year and was like, "I'm coming for him." Come for him. He said one thing, then he got off social media, and, and and he didn't end up getting it done. And did you say that? Did you? I read that his coaches actually made him take like a week off the mat and a week off of watching film because he became so obsessed with Nolf. That he was watching film twenty four hours a day, basically on Nolf, trying to figure out a way to beat him. It goes to show he never you that, was able to do it, right? But, but it goes to show you that look, he wasn't just talking shit to talk shit. He truly believed that he could beat Jason Nolf. And at the end of the day, there's not too many guys in college wrestling in the country that can beat Jason Nolf. So you know what? I got no problems with it. I ben. think there was one. I think there was only one guy that beat Jason Nolf, right? Imar. I'm. That's it, guys. That's it, ladies. Minus and an injury default. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy that legitimately beat him. <laughs> Look, if I was the guy that got the W yeah, over injury default, right. I'd be telling my kids and grandkids. My fucking brackets on the yeah. wall, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be telling everybody. Yeah, one time I beat Jason off. What does what does injury default mean, Grandpa? Oh, I, I hurt him so bad he couldn't continue. <laughs> and then he went and won it with a bum knee the week the week after that. Um, how about former Michigan State University wrestler? Christian Pagdaleo yeah. gets on the podium for Arizona State as a senior. So glad. So glad. So the, the cool thing about this, man, is, guys, if you go out and there's, there is a decent amount of, um, not as much as there should be, but a decent amount of media regarding um, college wrestling. And I read an article written by the uh, Arizona Sun Devils, um, um, the person who covers the Arizona Sun Devils for wrestling, and they just talked about how Pagdaleo, um, he came back for for this final year, he, he didn't. They didn't know if he was going to get a final year, and he did. And Shields was like, "Hey, if you come back, I'll bump up to sixty-five. You go fifty-seven. That's all good." Because they said he is Mister Lead by example. Hardest really? Wor- yeah, hardest worker That's in the room. Yep, hardest worker in the room. Just never had been able to accomplish what he wanted to. So happy that he was able to, man. For one, that's that's amazing on two counts. One, the fact that he was able to come back, do this, and get on the podium. 
But how amazing as well for Josh Shields to say, look, man, I All-American at this weight class last year. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll bump up to the freaking gauntlet that is 165. Right. Because Pagalow couldn't make 50 or 49. Right. I'll bump up to 165. You take that spot. Let's go out there and get on the podium together. And they did it. And it was awesome. It was a really cool article. I read it, I'd say, probably about a month ago as they were getting ready for conferences. Uh, go out and find that, man, because I think you'll find some new respect for these guys. Um, and then I just implore you guys generally. I know we try to give you as many storylines as we can, but we can't give you all of them. You know, read up on some teams that you don't follow because you might end up finding that you really enjoy some guys um, from some other teams. And uh, Peg Lyle was one of them for me. You know, before we move on to 165, I tell you, I, I've, I'm always so fascinated by these guys' uh, their interviews and the post-finals press conference. And, you know, the moderator kicked off the, pro, the, the press conference with Jason Nolf by basically stating – you know, Jason Nolf, three-time national champion. How does that sound to you? And I, I, I found Nolf's answer extremely fascinating. He basically said something, you know, not as good as a four-time champ, but I'll take it. And then he said, look, you know, coming into college, everybody wants to be a four-time national champ. And I was definitely willing to work for it and sacrifice. And I don't think anybody can deny that. He actually, he, he did do that. But he said, after my first year, my goal then became was to become a three time champ, and that's what I am. So I accomplished my goal. <laughs> that dude is that dude's amazing, man. Like, like I said, these guys. When we started this. There was there's nothing that Jason Nolf has ever done to make me question him as a person, not just as a wrestler, but as a person. And look, we are all flawed human beings, man. All of us. Trust me, I know more than anybody that, that we're flawed human beings. And Jason Nolf, I'm sure— You and I are really flawed. Right. And I'm, Jay, and I'm sure Jason Nolf is a flawed human being. But there's not one thing that I ever saw. There's not one time I ever saw him show anybody up. Or there's not one time I ever saw anything that Jason Nolf did that made me question his integrity as a person. And you know what? I, I'm not—I don't love Penn State all the time, but I'm— I like watching their guys I wrestle. I couldn't be happier for Jason Nolf to— um, go out as a three-time champ. Oh, I mean, Ben. God, we are. It's funny. We can get caught up in the, you know, I hate Penn State. I hate Ohio State. You know, I hate Iowa, all this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, at the end of the day, I love college wrestling. And I love watching the great wrestlers of our time scrap. And Jason Nolf is going to go down as one of the all-time greats of our time and all-time greats in general. This guy lost to one person. He was a three-time national champ, four-time finalist. And every Every match he wrestled, he made it look fun and exciting, just making shit up. The Matrix, baby. Dominating dudes. Just dominating the most elite of the elite in his weight classes year after year. It's been amazing. If you, if you didn't like, I'll leave you with this. If you didn't like watching Jason Dolph wrestle, then you don't like watching wrestling. I'm I, sorry. I would agree with that. Let's go to the, the gauntlet that was 165, and I'll tell you, Ben. You want to go there? We, we, I mean, we kind of have to. Hey, did I ever tell you? No, you didn't. How badass you are at this thing. Shut the hell up. You are an awesome podcast partner, buddy. Well, can I ever told you how funny you are? I'm being serious. I'm serious. You got great jokes. Sure. Bad hair, but great jokes. Terrible hair. I'm. This is the first podcast you've done without a drink ever. I, I'm, I'm completely sober. Can I get you a... Can you at least take a shot of whiskey? No. All right. I, I'm turning a new leaf. <laughs> I'm not. I'm turning an old leaf. <laughs> Anyway, 165, man, I'll tell you, Woo! all year long, it's been Vincenzo, Marinelli, Wick, 
Marsdale, or who's going to emerge as the champion. Right, right. And at the end of the year, it was, who's it going to be, Marinelli or Joseph? And I'll tell you what, we were all fucking wrong because we all forgot. Not, we no, all, we, no, we, we, we all forgot. We all forgot. About a guy, name a Mackay. freshman named Makai, who hadn't lost a match since November 30th, 2018, when he lost two to nothing to Isaiah White at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. And all he did was go out into this bracket and run a gauntlet that included beating a very, very, very tough Alex Marinelli. Oh, he tough. Beating Evan Wick. I mean... A uh, guy took third last year in the country. Yeah. And then completely, completely, totally dominating a two-time defending national champion. Honestly... What we saw Makai do, it was he, 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 took the, he took a page out of Vincenzo's history book and he, he said, I'm going to do to you what you did to Isaiah Martinez two years ago and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass you on this mat in this match. Dude, it was a changing of the guard. We've seen this at 165. And I picked that in our pre, uh, pre-finals Periscope too. No, you too. fucking didn't. I did too. You did pick it. In our pre-finals pre, pre Periscope, I picked Makai. And you said, because I don't want to pick the same guy as you. But I knew I knew he was going to win. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm sure you did. No, it was a change into the garden. And Cla- Kevin Clont from Blood Round couldn't have tweeted anything better. We were actually, I was looking at you and I'm like, hey, tweet this out. When he was like, somewhere in this arena, Imar is smiling. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, dude. Makai Lewis ran the gauntlet. And I picked Joseph all the way. I picked Joseph since day one. Even when he lost to Marinelli, I picked Joseph to win the NCAA tournament because I was like, I can't unsee that inside trip. Remember when we were sitting, me, you, and Frank, like freaking like five rows from the stage or five rows from the mat the first time he did it, and Imar was struggling a little bit, and it was a battle, and then he got inside, tripped to his back, and pinned, and I just look at you. We're in that picture. Yeah, I, I, we're I'll in never, that picture. I, my, my hand is literally on my head like, yeah. what the fuck did I just see? And I'm looking at you like, we just saw Imar lose. And then he goes and he does it again the next year after the champ is here, after Imar beats him in Big Tens. And we're thinking, this dude about to be a four-timer. This dude about to be a four-timer. Then, you know, then the bull beats him at Bigs, shows a little bit of uh, chinks in the armor. Man, I love using that phrase, apparently. But I'm like, Lewis is still going to, or excuse me, Joseph's still going to be able to get it done at the NCAA tournament because he wrestled pretty well this year. Ben. Ben. What, are we talking too much about Lewis? No, go ahead, no. I go ahead, go ahead. No, Talk about Joseph. Gonna, I was just going to say he's wrestling pretty well this year. He was bonusing some people up, not not so much at this tournament, but Makai Lewis coming from the AC. We knew he was good. What he lose to Connor Flynn first match of the year, very first match and of the year, he lost, lost to Connor one Flynn. More. Yeah, he lost November thirtieth to Isaiah and White. Then he's done nothing but, and he's a junior world gold medalist. We knew he was good, but hey, dog, dog ain't beating Marinelli, guys. Dog ain't beating Marinelli, right, guys, guys. Makai Lewis didn't just go out there and get lucky every single match. Again, Makai Lewis beat the number one seed Marinelli, the number four seed Wick, and the number two seed Vincenzo Joseph. And let me tell you something. In those three matches, in those three matches, and I'll even throw in the second round match against McCormick. In those four matches, Makai Lewis gave up five fucking points. Right. Against the one, two, and four seed. And I, we've talked about this before. He didn't before. get taken down all tournament. No, he didn't. Makai Lewis's hand fighting is next level. For a freshman, for a redshirt freshman, yeah. his hand fighting is next level. It's elite. And it completely wears guys down. But, but And we knew that his hand fighting was great, right? Sorry, I got a little excited. No, 
but I didn't know how good his defense was. Because how, people got his leg in the air. They couldn't score on him. The guys from Duke at the freaking um, social were trying to say, here's how we were game planning. Remember that? Yeah. They were like, put your head underneath the leg and you got to do this. It's the only way you're going to take him down. Because um, one of the fine silvers is in Makai's weight class, and obviously they wrestle Virginia Tech a lot, so they're watching some film and they're like, I don't know how we're going to take this guy down. Because this dude just does not get taken down. He, so he wrestles Marinelli one-to-one, right? Late in, the, late in the third, he gets that late takedown on the edge. Crowd goes bananas. Crowd goes bananas. Cause it, you, do you remember? It was, it, was, it was So Joseph took down Isaiah White in overtime, and the crowd goes crazy, right? And literally 15 seconds later, Marin, or Lewis takes down Marinelli. So the crowd is just going crazy for different things. That was by far the loudest I'd heard the, the crowd all, all, um, all weekend. That was really cool to watch Joseph get a takedown and then Makai get a takedown within like 10 seconds of each other. Crowd goes nuts. And then he goes and wrestles Wick. He gets out on him. Wick takes top and he gets out on him. Wick didn't even get a riding time point. No. And it if wasn't, you can't ride this dude, how are you going to beat him? How are you oh going to beat him? Oh, my God. And I'll tell you, Makai Lewis has a very, very high wrestling IQ. You could definitely tell that because he knew. He knew that Vincenzo Joseph and Alex Marinelli had similar stand-ups, similar stand-ups to escape yeah. from bottom, okay? This wasn't something that he necessarily scouted and game-planned for, but he wrestled. He said that he wrestled Marinelli in the first match. He felt the way Marinelli came up, and he had, a, he had an idea that this cradle was there. And before he's, when he went to wrestle Joseph, he knew that Joseph stands up similar to, to, to Marinelli, and when Joseph went to hit that stand up, some sort of bam, inside leg stand yeah, up, bam, yeah. cradled him up, took him to his back. And here's the thing: he gets that cradle locked up, and you and I are looking at each other like, "Yo, don't rush it." I'm like, "Yeah, like do not," because if you rush it, you're gonna lose it. And then all of a sudden, he and I'm like, "I'm like, he ain't getting this though." How many times do we see people stand up and then the cradle gets locked up, and then the dude ends up getting out? It was tight, Ben. He crunched him. And when he put him to his back, he stepped over like a high leg. He did. Back high leg. And he stayed back high leg to get his count. Yep. And then he now, came Now, granted, to... obviously, he, Joseph's shoulder was up on Makai's yeah, chest. No pin. Okay, so no, no pain. We, we get that. Yeah. But that sequence was amazing. That was game li- over. You know, I like, you know, it, they asked him, Makai, you know, in his post, yeah. post-match presser, you know, about a sequence in that match where basically Joseph had his leg in the air they're they're on the edge and they they end up Makai fights it off. They go out of bounds. Right. Makai fights it off. And when Makai's walking back in the match, he's shaking his head. And they said, "What were you know? What were you shaking your head at?" And Makai basically said, "You know, I'm paraphrasing here that you know it was it was no insult to Vincenzo Joseph. I just had it in my head the entire tournament that." People are getting to my legs, but I am not going to let them take me down. I am going to fight through every position. <laughs> and, I, and he's like, I just remembered in my mind, like, no, no, no. He's not getting me this time, and he's not going to get me the next His time. His defense is next level, dude. dude I knew he was good. We, right, we didn't say, know he was this good, no, though. we didn't know he Who had him beating Marinelli? Besides um, Julia Salata, I saw that bracket she posted. Julia, by the way, I still want to see, you know, when you when you put that bracket out. You know, you might have drafted that thing after the match. But not many people had him beating Marinelli after what Marinelli did to um, Joseph at Biggs. you telling me a lot of people You really don't. Him? Well, I mean, honestly, Ben, look at it. Okay, look, he came into this tournament with a, with a great record. Obviously hadn't lost since, since the end of November. But since the Cliff Keen, he really didn't wrestle a single opponent ranked in the top 15 or maybe even the top 20, right. to be honest. After Cliff Keen, 
you know, in, in a tournament in, in which he, you know, lost Isaiah White but beat Bryce Stewart and Branson Ashworth. Two good wins right Real there. Real nice wins. Beat Ashworth three to one. Beat Stewart two to nothing right there. Well, Stewart was an All American. After that, I mean, really, I, I, I would be hard pressed to figure out what his best win is. Maybe, there, maybe Fine Silver. Even then, Ben. I mean, look, Thomas Bullard. Zach Feinstilver, Cam Cam Coy. I mean, honestly, the majority of the people that he wrestled after that had double-digit losses or single-digit wins. So we just really didn't know. We we didn't. You didn't know how good he was. That's why this tournament was no fluke, man. Because we were were talking about Marinelli. I'm sorry, dude. No. Remember we were talking about how Marinelli had that freaking crazy... The only thing that Makai had didn't have to do was wrestle Joseph Smith in the first round. Other than that, he had to run that same gauntlet everybody was talking about Marinelli having to run. And he fucking ran it. And I tell you what, the coolest thing ever, man, was when he went and hugged his mom and his dad and his family. Were going oh, crazy. that's amazing. Man, it makes it. I'm almost getting teared up because how awesome it is, because how proud I'm sure they were of his their son. And that's what makes this sport so great. Guys, if you're listening, and all you guys are fat, beer-bellied guys, mostly, like me. <laughs> but if there's any kids listening that do wrestle, you got to believe. Like you got to believe it. Dude. We've, we've talked about this. you got to believe These guys like believe it. He's eight seed. He's, he's got to run the gauntlet, guys. He, you don't step on that fucking line and accidentally win against Alex Marinelli, Evan Wick, and Vincenzo Joseph. You don't accidentally win. You've got to believe that you're going to. And that's why rankings and seeds don't matter. They, they don't matter, matter to guys like you they and I matter. that talk about shit on a podcast on Monday night and on Tuesday night. But they don't matter to a guy like Makai Lewis. And that was the coolest thing I think I saw this weekend. You know, this weight class had another really great story, Ben. Um, I couldn't have been. Yes. I couldn't have felt more better about something than watching Chance Marsteller go out with a third place finish in his home state of Pennsylvania after all the adversity that he has fought since going back to his youth days. We know, you know, we know he was troubled in high school. You know, obviously he had a lot of high expectations. He had some troubles. We know he goes to Oklahoma State. It just didn't work out for him. He goes to Lock Haven. I mean almost work out almost him. ruins his life. Legally, he there. literally could have. If they, I mean, he got some leniency based on the shit that I was reading. Absolutely, but you know what? He proved that that sometimes, you know, second chances are worth it. And giving people second chances, good things can happen. Here's a guy that, since that time where you know he got into those legal troubles, he's gotten married, he's had a couple of kids. Everything I've read about said he's completely dedicated husband and father. Um, we actually saw that's why he missed some matches this year because he was being a family man, you know, with the birth of his, you know, second child. Then he goes out there and he, he you know, aside from, you know, again, you know, wh- he gets pinned by Wick in the quarter the riddle, But yeah, then he solves the riddle. He gets pinned finally. by Wick in the quarters in a minute and 25 seconds, basically like last year the same way. But Putting then he, his hand, knee to his he head. gets him in his last collegiate match ever. He finally gets him six to five. It was so awesome watching that happen. Dude. And he beats Marinelli as well. Yes, I and mean, that's a match we all wanted yeah, to see. We, we thought it. we were going to see it in the semis. I know, and, it, and we ended up getting this. No, remember one night we're like, we're like, oh, because that was the, that was the night, that was the Friday night one. We're like, we're thinking, we're like, man, I can't wait to watch Marinelli versus um, 
Um, Marsteller. And then we look over and they're wrestling. And we're like, oh shit, it's going on right now. And so we watched it. I mean, he put it on Marinelli too. It was a good match. Marinelli it really didn't was. have his best tournament, but you know what? Hey, Marinelli's only a sophomore. Um, still, what do you take, seventh? Yeah, seventh. Look, I know he's not happy about that. Of course not. But I tell you what, he's going to be coming back next year and he, he'll battle Makai Lewis. Oh, of course. You think I, you think I don't want to watch him and Makai Lewis wrestle again for a couple more times? Because I do. Bro, I mean, we got Marinelli coming back. We got Wick coming back. We got Makai Lewis coming back. Vincenzo. Pretty sure Josh Shields comes back. Isaiah White is not coming back. I think Massa's graduated, Massa might be graduating. I mean, dude, we got some dudes coming back in this weight class. It's going to be nutty next year. I'm I'm excited about this weight. How about Tayshan? You know, I know he didn't finish... uh... Didn't, didn't, all right. I had a little run. You know, he made a little run. He almost became an All-American. Um, I mean, the, the impressive thing is I saw him score seven points in a, in a match. That's what I'm talking about. Tayshan Campbell. But, you know, um, let's end on. I mean, that, honestly, all joking aside, Tayshan, to get to the blood round, really wrestled probably the his best match of the entire season against really a did. very, very tough Andrew Fogarty from North Dakota State who came into this tournament extremely hot. And, and and Campbell did put it on him seven to one, and then he goes out and he wrestles Isaiah White in the blood round, about as tough as he could. He just Isaiah White's so hard to score on, and you know White was just just a bit better than him in that moment. Got the escape, got the you know the, the escape and the and, and the tiebreakers um, when when Shan couldn't get out. And good for White taking fifth, yeah. Who was round of twelve guy last year? So this is going to be a continual fun weight class. But I think that we've kind of seen a, um, and I hate to uh, steal the phrase from the article I read today. Um, from the Virginia Tech uh, website, but a star is born. Star is born with Makai Lewis, baby. I mean, that's actually a really good way to put it. And how about Virginia Tech, I believe on the day when their basketball team makes the Sweet, Sweet 16, 16 for the yeah. first time ever, Makai Lewis comes home to a banner hanging outside right of Virginia does. Tech. National champion Makai Lewis. Hey, Virginia Tech, hats off to you for recognizing wrestling. That's man. awesome. That's awesome. Who are you picking to win this weight next year right now? Evan Wick, Marinelli, Lewis, Joseph. Oh, baby, you ain't got a pick. You ain't I'm not got a picking. Pick. Don't you do ain't this got a pick. Come you on, man. Pick. Give him a Kai Lewis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not picking Vincenzo anymore? You've been picking him all year? Give me Vincenzo. Okay. 174. 174. <laughs> Woo. This is fun, man. Honestly, I love this weight class because I love the rivalry between Mark Hall and Zahid Valencia. I, I really do. What's it? What is it? Two two in college or three two? So let's see. Um, I think it's Mark Hall. Mark Hall got year. him in the headgear match. Valencia got him in the All Star match. Then Valencia got him in the national finals last year. Then Mark, Mark Hall, Hall got, got him. him in the duel this year. Then Valencia got him here. So it's three to two. Three two. Three, three. two. And and they. I mean, I mean they're both. Look, we give Hall a lot of shit because let's be honest. He, he's he's not the most exciting wrestler to watch wrestle. He he's not. So I, I'm glad that Zahid won the match. Um, you know, Mark Hall is great. He is an excellent tactician and mat manager or match manager. But he, you know what? If you're not going to be offensive, you're not going to win national titles. And he wasn't offensive. And Zahid Valencia, although it might be controversial, that first takedown got it done. He did. What do you think about that takedown? Again, ben, they reviewed it. They reviewed it. Obviously, we talked about it. They're not going to overturn their calls, but I'm not sure it was two. 
I, what are you going to do, though? I mean, what can you do? What are you going to do? It's the call that was made. The kids can only wrestle the matches it's put in front of them. The, the thing about Mark Hall is this, and you're right, we do bust his balls a lot. Not that he could care. Not that he could give two shits. Um, and it's kind of fun with the Penn State fans, though. But <laughs> and we give the, them plenty of credit. This dude is so athletically gifted and such an amazing wrestler that you know that if he opened it up, what he could he score doing? at will. He could score at will. Why is he Why is he wrestling these matches so tight? He's so he's such a counter wrestler. Go out there and freaking take some shots, bro. Yeah, exactly. The dude is amazing. The dude is next level elite. World medalist. He right? could be World doing champ, what Zahid Valencia does when Zahid Valencia open, you know, gets on his game. And Valencia, man, that guy scores points in bunches. He is so explosive. Uh, Eleven to so three, Daniel offensive. Lewis. Uh, anybody? Eleven to three over Daniel Lewis, four-time All-American who pinned him earlier. Zahid Valencia took him down, I think, four times. No. Yeah, he left no I doubt. Think he took him down five times. He left no doubt who the better wrestler was in that match. No, he 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 would have better wrestler now. But I do love the rivalry between Hall and Valencia, and I hope we see. I hope Valencia stays at seventy four. I hope Hall stays at seventy four. I hope we get to see it again next year, because you know I, I love the the antics between them. Mark Hall wins in the duel, gets oh. up, plays the guitar, the air guitar. Valencia wins, which we this were cool match. with, right? Yeah, of we course. We were cool when he did, yeah, guys. We absolutely, we, we said, "Hey, celebrate!" He earned it, man. He earned that yeah. win. Play a little guitar. Yeah. Valencia gets in this match. Not only does he play the air guitar, he just breaks that axe like a freaking rock star. I thought he was slapping the bass. Oh, slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. No, that was cool. How cool was it that he that he threw the um, celebration back in his face in like a um, a rivalry way, but not a disrespectful way, in my opinion, right? Oh, uh, of course. I mean, look, they even asked uh, Valencia about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the what press conference, say? man. Um, he said something. He like, said something along the like lines he that he did it, so I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, look, he, um, God dang it, I wish I had my notes here. It's okay, dog. No, I think he basically said something like, you know, when he beat me, that he, he played the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He just said, I think a lot of people know what he did after he beat me, okay? So, obviously, everybody saw that. Um, he did the air guitar. So, basically, I thought I'd do it right back and just smash it and smash it in front of his face. Just a little bit of fun. But he also did, you know, did give credit to Mark Hall and their rivalry that, you know, that he likes wrestling him. Yeah. This is a guy that pushes him, and not too many people can push Zahid Valencia. That's the craziest thing, dude. Like, us as a society, and man, I'm going fucking philosophical now. We want the easy way out, right? Generally, we don't want to face the toughest thing. We want what comes to us. And then these guys are like, dude, give me the best. Give me the dude that can beat me. I want to see if I'm the best. And that's what Zahid Valencia did. And then afterwards, he slapped at the base. So, yeah, and what he said, okay, now here it is about like, his, yeah, their ahead. mutual respect for each other is, you know, they've started to learn each other's techniques and their habits that they do. So th- that's what makes these matches become even more of a chess match, more or less. I, I'm, right. pu- I, I'm making no- those words up. No, but you're right. That, he said that's what's so great about this rivalry, just because we get to learn off of each other. That's what he appreciates the most. To me, that says, look. He's pushing me. I'm becoming a better wrestler because of this guy in my weight class, this guy that I have to compete against. We're learning from each other. You know, he says, I beat him with one thing, and then he'll beat me with the next, with, with something the next. And we just got to learn new ways to win, and that's what makes them so great. And that's the greatest thing is hopefully they find different weight classes at the international level because those two, like, kind of like a Dave Taylor, will just continue to make each other better. I uh, thought that there were some other storylines, though, to this. Weight class, and, and I mean, unless you want to dive in a little bit more into the no, go ahead, match. man. Um, Miles Amin 
finishes third again. Dan Lewis finishes fourth. I think we had the same one through four as we did last year. We did. We did. Pretty much, it's pretty much been a foregone conclusion there. I think Cutler took fifth last year. He takes seventh this year. McFadden gets back on the podium. McFadden, How? you know, uh, Cutler lost a, a close one to McFadden. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. How I mean. about Jacoby Smith and Joseph Smith? Neither one of them gets on the podium. Hey Ben, I'm, did you did you ever stop to think that Ohio State placed second by about twelve and a half points greater than Oklahoma State? Yeah, and Oklahoma State left two guys that could have and potentially should have all Americaned three if you count um, their sixty five pounder. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, they should have. They 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 in theory really could have all Americaned at sixty five with Chandler Rogers. I guess gear did all. Okay, and then at seventy four with Jacoby Smith. I mean, they were those weights away from basically placing ahead of Ohio State. Yeah, and becoming you know taking home the second place trophy. I'm telling you, I don't think it was a good idea for them to make that change in weight so late in the season. We you don't think it was? We've talked about it so much. It's a dumb thing. It's good for gear. It's good for gear. Worked out for gear. Worked out for gear. The twenty six seed worked out for Weigel. Weigel coming back worked out for him. We'll get to that in a minute, but. For Jacoby Smith and uh, and we Joe thought Smith. Jacoby was dictating, right? And Jacoby said, "I, I really hey, thought so." Yeah, yeah I want to go seventy-four. Jacoby Smith loses the cane. Let's talk about Kane for a minute. Raising canes, thirty-three seed making the blood round, man. Thirty-three seed, nineteen and fifteen, loses his first round to Mark Hall. Or no, excuse me, he he wins his uh, pigtail um, over uh, what was that? Cavassier? Jake Cavassier. Cavassier. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll go with. But then he goes down, and his first match is against Neil Richards from BMI. A very tough, tough Neil Richards, by the way. Beats him, then beats Brian Christensen, the 15th seed, then beats Jacoby Smith. Before losing the Cutler. Before losing the Cutler. Kane, the 33 seed, makes the blood round. That's probably one of the toughest runs we've seen since they've started to seed 33. You know, you got Mr. Irrelevant, and I only say that from the— the draft standpoint, Kane, don't don't think that I think that you're Mr. Irrelevant because I know you, I don't I don't think that. But to go on and make the blood round, that was pretty cool. But Oklahoma State, man, it, they tried to pull some puppet strings and those things got a little tangled. I mean, in the end, it, we it's easy for us to sit here and say they made the wrong decisions. You know, I think in the end it bit them in the butt. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Nothing. I mean, hope maybe they learned from it. I don't know. You know one guy that didn't get on the podium that I um, I thought was going to? And not only did he not get on the podium, but he got worked, and the blood round was Luzon. Yeah, I, I think, think he, that's he a situation fe- where, a, I mean, honestly, spot. I think he just fell on a bad spot, you know, going up against a guy like McFadden, who's now, what, a, a two-, three-time All-American? Now three-time well, yeah, well, All-American? What happened was McFadden lost to Harvey. Right. And then it dropped. And so Luan, who would have had uh, Harvey to All-American, ended up having to happen. And it happens every year, right? Yeah, but instead Skatska gets Harvey to All-American and Devin Skatska gets gets on the podium. Gets it done. Good for him. Interesting weight class, too, because a lot of these guys are coming back. Look, Dan Lewis, four-time All-American, obviously he's leaving. What a great career. By, what a great a, career. Almost like a sneaky, good, quiet, great career. He was always overshadowed by Mark Hall, Zahid, Bo Jordan. I think Deeringer was in his weight class at one point in time. He was always overshadowed by those guys. But here he was, a four-time All-American. You know how I mean, hard it is to be a four-time freaking All-American? Well, I mean, that's a rhetorical question, but holy shit. The dude does it. 
That's amazing, man. He went... <laughs> Dan Lewis goes 4th, 6th, 4th, 4th. He never won his last match at the NCAA tournament. Damn it, Dan. He sucks now. I take all that back. Oh, Every, everything good I said about him, I take back. <laughs> no, man. Great career for, for a dude that just hammer on top. Loved watching that guy wrestle. 184, bud. We had to get to it, huh? This one's this one's heartbreaking, and I mean, honestly, it's it's like so. I don't know. I think Miles Martin has been the consummate teammate and representative for the Ohio State Buckeyes wrestling program. I mean, let's I'll just I'll just say that you disagree. I I completely agree. I I couldn't agree more. You know, and I really thought that he was. I thought he was a lock. To end his career with bookend titles. Untouchable. You know? He dominated all year. Even Max Dean. He really did. And, you know, when he lost to Dean, for Buckeye fans, I know it was shocking. But if people had truly been paying attention to Max Dean, it maybe shouldn't be that big of a surprise. Oh, man. I'm just... Remember, remember when they wrestled before earlier in the year, he, and and, and Mymar and Mymar, Mymar beat him pretty well, but Dean gave him a great go. Dean gave him the best go out of anybody that given him a go, sure. right? But I mean, but I'm not saying we expected this close. to happen. But the match that Gabe Dean or Max Dean wrestled, man, was probably one of the most tactical matches of this tournament. He let Mymar engage him, and he scrambled him. He outscrambled him, countered him. Yeah, he he, he countered him the entire time. Mymar kept it too close. You know, and Max Dean sat back, and he allowed Mymar to get to legs, and then he outscrambled him. And in that final sequence, he put him in a position to where we were like stalemate, 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 stalemate. And every time I was thinking they were going to get a stalemate, Max Dean improved his position just one little yep. bit. And I was like, Brandon, I remember watching this and telling you, I don't like this position. Brandon, I don't like this position. And you're saying, and you know, rightfully so, you're like, he, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And I'm like, Brandon... I don't like this position. And he ended up far ankling him and getting him, dude. And it was one of the toughest losses I've ever had to watch. I'm not sure I've ever had to watch a tougher loss that kicked me in the gut more than this match. Because, dude, wrestling is a kick in the gut, just like life, man. And, like, Mymar, you know, I after he lost, I thought of – um the Iowa the season I told you about this Iowa the season when um um when what's his name lost uh to Percival Zadik Zadik yeah and Bill and Zadik was sitting out there by the car and um Bill was talking to the camera Bill Zadik and he was like I wish I could say it was going to get easier and I wish I was going to say it wasn't wasn't going to hurt as much the next day but it's going to hurt more every day as it goes on it's one hundred percent true now unlike Zadik I mean. Mymar does have a title to his credit, and no right. one will ever be able to take that away from him. Four-time All-American, he finished first, fifth, second, and third. All but one year, won his last match at the national tournament. He's going to go on to the senior circuit. I think he's going to be a great freestyle wrestler. But you're right, this one's going to sting a bit. I, I How about a bracket, though, where both the one and two seed lose? In fact, the two seed is the highest seed in this entire tournament, not to All-American, that's Shakur Rashid. This bracket was crazy, man. Well, we knew this. We knew this. This this way it was crazy all year, right? We didn't know who the two seed was going to be. We didn't. Neither one of us agreed that Shakur Rashid should have been the two seed. 
I wasn't expecting him to get freaking beat by Chip Ness. I mean, we knew Chip Ness. We didn't realize Chip Ness was Mr. March. Mr. March. You know, he beat him with uh, um, Shakur was Shakur was winning the match, and I think he shot. And Chip Ness beat him in a um, neutral danger. Yeah. Two and two. It's part of the sport, to man. Beat him. It's part of the sport. I bro. don't know why. He, and then Shakur drops down, and he loses to um, who the hell did he lose to? He lost. He lost somewhat early, didn't he? What in the blood round? Yeah. Or, lost, I'm sorry. In the in the concert. He lost the gear. Yeah, he lost Dakota Gear. Dakota Gear had himself a nice little tournament place in seventh. But look, I think it's time we give Drew Foster his due. This guy comes in as the sixth seed. Here's a guy who never won a state title in high school. Never won a state title. And he runs a gauntlet if there ever was one in this weight class. I mean, he goes out there after a first-round win over his br- opponent from Brown. He beats a very, very tough Louis Dupre from Binghamton. Then he goes out, tough, beats the three-seed Zavatsky. He's, Foster has owned Zavatsky his entire college career, and he continued yeah, to Foster do that. Yeah, Foster couldn't ask for a better draw on that side, and that, and for that quarter. Yeah. Beats All-American Chip Ness. And then, you know, beats one of the hottest guys in the country, Max Dean. Again, a guy that never won a state championship in high school. And I loved, 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 loved the last question of his post-finals press conference when the guy asking the question basically said, you know, I've got a story that was shared with me earlier Um more or less when they, they were calling to recruit you. You know, the, the coaches were calling to recruit you to find out what type of guy you were. And every story he got was, Drew Foster's a great kid, but he's not a Division One wrestler. What do you have to say about that? And Foster go, he said, what's up? What's up now? He did? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, Everybody they called every, said, everything great he kid, not a Division One college wrestler. How do you feel about that? What's up now? I'm a national champ, and you can never take that away from nope. me. Nope. He earned everything he got. No controversy, no anything. I mean. And he's tough, dude. I didn't realize how truly tough on top Drew Foster is. Foster is tough on top. He, he's an all-around wrestler. He's great on his feet, too. He iced it with a freaking beautiful single leg against Dean. I, I, haven't, I didn't see a sweep single better than that in the tournament. Right? I mean, man, it was, it was beautiful. You know, some of the guys who didn't All-American in this weight class that we thought was going to be really hot. Um, well, I'll tell you who did. Finally. How about your boy Ryan Price? Yes. After a couple of consecutive years of losing in the, in blood, the blood round, round. Ryan Price him. goes out there, gets the job done, drops down to the blood round after losing really bad, really, really bad to Miles Martin. I think it was like 10 to 2, 11 to 2, something like that. Um, my, yeah, it was 11 to 2. Drops down to the blood round. Again, he's got to wrestle that tough Louis Dupre from Binghamton. Louis Dupre is a tough cat, a guy that's beaten the likes of Max Dean and those guys right. before. He's freshman, right? Yeah, redshirt freshman. Yeah. And, and Price gets the job done, wins three to nothing. Price is tough on top. Goes on to you know make the uh, you know the third place match where he loses to Mymar again, a little closer this time, five to three. I mean, that dude's leaving with his head held high, and as he should. A fourth place finish, man. That's amazing. And how about our Road Warrior of the Week, huh? I mean, I know there wasn't a guy that lost in the first round, came all the way back to take third, but Emery Parker just, he enjoys winning matches at the NCAA tournament. And the Concies. Yeah, he lost to uh, Nino Bonacorsi, who ended up not All-American um, in the second round, came all the way back and beat Wisman in sudden victory. Then he pins Wilkie. I mean, Wilkie's tough. Then he has to beat Colbray. And then after that, he beats Zavatsky. 
He doesn't lose again until he wrestles Miles Martin. Emery Parker has won so many matches on the backside of this bracket at the national tournament. It's insane. I think he's like three and two on the front side and like twelve and two or thirteen and two on the backside of the bracket. That's crazy. It's crazy. In three years, um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's go to one ninety-seven. All right, get me out of this weight class, man. We did have one road warrior of the tournament, not the ultimate road warrior, coming back to place third, but, oh, but there was yeah. one guy that lost in the first round in this entire tournament and came back to All-American, and that was Ben Honus from Cornell. Yeah. The only guy in this entire Who'd tournament. Who did lose to first round? Let me see here. We'll be able to figure it out real quick for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he lost to, of course, now it's hard to figure out because I can't read Brax. Oh, he lost to um, Jake Jacobson. Yeah, from Lehigh. Lehigh. Yeah, I was just waiting for you to look for it. I, I thought it was hilarious waiting for you to. And then he came all the way back. He came all the way back and finished eighth. He did. I, I think he was a senior. Um, I'm not sure if he is or not, but maybe, maybe he's not. But either way, um, that was that was. I love that stuff when you lose first round and have to battle all the way back because there's so many landmines that you have to navigate. But you know my favorite. You know my favorite wrestler. This this maybe this tournament was it this weight. And that's Josh Hokett. Oh, Fresno jo- State. what a, f- what a, is it what Josh or Joe? It's Josh. Josh, yeah. Josh Hokett. You know, he's got a, a, I think a younger brother, Isaiah, that also wrestles for Fresno State. Um, Hokett is a guy that was legitimately getting the football handed to him in December as a running back for the Fresno State football team. Who won their conference. Yes. Then goes on to. Probably have to cut some weight to make 97. Maybe. You know, probably walk around at 220 running that ball. You know, but he goes on and he ends up all American. I think he what finished sixth, finished fifth. Oh, fifth place. Yeah, beating Nicholas. He beat Nicholas. He also, uh, who else did he beat? That was a, a little surprising. Um, let me get it here. He beat uh, Warner. Wait, yes, Jacob Warner five to four, and then beat uh, Nicholas for fifth place. I mean, that's such an amazing story. That's a that's a really cool story for a guy. Two, we don't see two sport athletes anymore. That's Bo Jackson right here, baby. And to even make the story even greater, Fresno State's first All American yes. since the return. I mean, that's awesome. They, they, they look. They they've just returned a program. I don't know a couple years ago, and they already have an All American. And we've got teams that have haven't had All Americans in a significantly longer period of time. We've we probably have teams that haven't had an All American since Fresno State had a program the first time. That would probably be true. I can almost guarantee it. Oh, of course. So, I mean, Hokett was probably one of the darlings of the tournament, I would say. I, I don't Hokett and Demas, probably the two darlings, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we could... We Demas could, was a nine seed, but it was just so, he was just so much fun to watch. Right? I mean, bro, Makai Lewis was, a, was, was quite a darling as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm he, just going to say. He's he my darling. He was kind of quite a darling. But, um, hey, you know, much like 157, again... A tip of the cap and a and a wave of the hand to uh, a <laughs> wave of the hand and I one of the greatest wrestlers of our generation, man, freaking Bo Nickel. And I'll tell you what, Bo, I loved following you, loved watching you wrestle. I uh, I also love saying goodbye. I love saying goodbye. Let somebody else win, Bo. Yeah, Stop please. Cheating. Stop using them damn cheat codes. And by that <laughs> I mean pinning everybody in freaking moves that don't make any fucking sense. No, man, Bo Nickel. Um. And he dominated his way through this bracket. He he was legitimately pin pin major pin, and then a convincing five to one win over over Colin Moore, the two seed. He he's the reason why it shows you how hard it is to win four titles. Yeah, his only his only loss was to Mymar as a freshman. Correct. 
I mean, wrestling ain't easy, guys. And Bo Nickel made it look easy for a majority of his career. Dude, Bo Nickel's a gamer. I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll never get out of my head. Like, if there's one match that I will always remember of his, it's him, it him beating Gabe Dean. Okay. Him That's beating fine. Gabe I'll, I'll Dean in the finals, up. you know. Look, Ben, I get it. I get it. You love Ohio State, okay? I, 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 can, I can see your homerism coming out. You're wearing an Ohio State shirt right now. Yeah, I, like I love Ohio college State. wrestling, and I can respect the career of a guy like Bo Nickel. Uh, I, okay? I agree with you. I'll bring any match I want to up. I'll, I'll agree with you. You know who else I thought looked pretty good, though, was Colin Moore. Colin Moore, a guy who, you know, a lot of people, I think, were favoring uh, uh, Weigel over him in the semis, and he went out there and he got five takedowns against them. Colin Moore scored he, a lot of points this tournament. He owned them. He looked really good. He looked really good. Unfortunately for him, he ran up against uh, one of the greatest of all time. That's, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But Colin Moore becomes a three-time All-American. He's finished 3-4-2, right? 3-4-2. With a year got, left to go. He's got a year left. And aside from something crazy or somebody crazy jumping into the bracket, I mean, Colin Moore's going to come back as the favorite in this weight class again like he did last year. And I can't wait to see his mental maturity to see how he handles it then as a senior. I think it's going to be, I think, yeah, I think that he's going to, I think he's Cause he struggled with that last year. You know, he said he that in our interview with him. I think it was evident in his wrestling. It's putting too much pressure on himself. I can't wait to see how he handles that because he's going to be, I mean, look, the Buckeyes are graduating again, a lot of great seniors, much like they did last year. Colin Moore is going to have to be the leader that steps up next year and help guide this young team. Yep. Colin Moore and Pletcher. Those are the only two, I think, returning all Americans. Yeah, they only had five, so they had five All Americans. Yep. Um, were the rest senior? Micah, McKenna, yeah, Micah, McKenna. and Miles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Buckeyes are going to be down in terms of, in, in in terms of returning All Americans. Right. So so Pletcher and, and Moore, they're going to be the two yeah. seniors next year that got to lead the way because that Buckeye team is going to be young next year. It's going to be real young. You you know a guy who I, I really liked that battled back hard after a second round loss was Willie Miklas. Um, I, I think a lot of people out there in the wrestling community know his story. He unfortunately lost his father. Um, recently, um, really recently, and, and, and I think it was around the um, the time of the um, the conference tournament. And uh, he goes out and he uh, loses in the second round to Brunner, and has to uh, have ha- he doesn't have an easy road back. Has to beat a guy like Schultz, who's really good from Nebraska, and he wins three two. And then he's got Traxler, who's the eight seed, so a guy seeded All American um, in the blood round, and pins him in uh, twenty eight seconds. Ends up coming back and taking. Um, Sixth place, uh, you know, that's that's great. I, you know, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to wrestle with that type of heavy heart um, after losing after losing your father. So congratulations to uh, Willie Miklas on becoming, um, I think he's All-American every time he's wrestling this tournament, four times. Yeah, I think he was one of, uh, f- I think there were five guys that became four-time All-Americans this year. I think there was five, and he was definitely one of them. Um, actually, there were six guys that became four-time All-Americans. You know, Miklas is a guy that went... Uh, Seven, sixth, eighth, and what did he get this year? Sixth, sixth. So yeah, he'll go down as one of one of the best to ever do it. Four time All American, one of the best to ever do it. Speaking of guys that looked really good, I mean, talk about Preston Weigel for all the injuries that he's battled in his career. You know, last year, you know, basically got bounced out of the tournament because of injuries. He fought injuries all year long. I think he had shoulder injuries. Missed a lot of time this year. Shoulder and legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he had, he, it was all over the place with him. Missed a lot of time this year. Comes out, dominates his way through a conference tournament, and then finishes third in this tournament. And outside of his match with Colin Moore, looked really impressive doing it. 
I thought that was pretty neat to see him make that kind of run this year. And I was a guy that thought the way he was wrestling that he had a chance to do some work against Colin Moore. But, you know, Colin Moore said no way. Owned him. I, I completely agree with you. I think that Preston Weigel is, um, you know, you know, I don't have a great word for it, but um, kind of like a, I guess a gamer. You know, like a guy that just just knows how to win matches. Um, he's 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 known for being really good from the top position, and uh, he was able to take that. He was able to against anybody, but Colin Moore was able to use that to his advantage. He went out on he went out on top. He didn't go out last year. He didn't go out the way he wanted to, right? Um, and and it's because of injuries. And we see just such a tough sport. This year, he went out on his own terms, and he went out finishing. Um, the best that he, he deserved to finish. And, and um, that's what I like to see is that guys, that injuries don't dictate where you finish, but that your wrestling does. And his wrestling dictated that he finished third in the country. Um, that's amazing to me after battling all of those injuries. And I think he was a senior. So um, uh, tip of the cap to Preston Weigel for being able to come back from all those injuries and um, take third in the country. Anything else about this bracket that you, you found interesting or want to hit on? Not much, man, except for the fact that just like Jason Knopf, Bo Nickel, just you guys, we, we got to witness two, two of the best to ever do it. And um, <laughs> sayonara, sucker. Yeah, sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, 285. Mr., uh, Mr. I only started my senior year of high school, what, only only wrestled in the state tournament one time his senior year of high school, wins a state title, gets one chance at the national tournament, wins a national title. Can he might get another chance. I think he's going to. If he gets that if he gets that medical red shirt. You know, they asked Anthony, him though, they asked him I think you know, again, going back to those press conferences, yeah. I think they asked the question on whether or not, you know, he was gonna come back or seek out to get um another year of eligibility and he he didn't sound extremely it wasn't. It was still like it was still up in the, still air. Up in the air. He's got freestyle aspirations. He needs to talk to his coaches and his family and figure figure out what it is he wants to do. But um, I think that'll be interesting. Look, if they do, they're they're going to bring Shakur Rashid back. He's going to get an extra year. Right. There's a possibility that Kyle Cannell is going to get an extra year transfer, transfer to them, over there. and then getting Anthony Kassar back. I hope you know. I hope Anthony Kassar does get another year because I want to see him and Gable battle it out. Some right. Way. I really do. Hey, Anthony Kassar deserves everything he he earned there. Um, he beat the shit out of Derek White, a guy who beat the guy who had given him his only loss this year. Beat him ten to one. He took him down with that single leg straight to the back in the finals. And there's where we talk about the four points. You know, six and four. It was over after that. Six to one. It was it was game it was game time. He, um, but he he had to take the long road, baby. He, you know, I thought he deserved the one seed. We disagreed on that, which is fine. He didn't get it. But he had to beat Stevenson, and, I, and we, I think both of us picked Stevenson, right? Stevenson to win that match. We did. And Kassar goes out and he beats Stevenson again. I don't know what is wrong with Stevenson with regards to his matches against Kassar, but he almost looks like he he either A, gives him too much respect because he can score against anybody else, or B, just thinks I'm this good that I'll just I'll win no matter what. So I'm going to say this, and I, and I mean this with, with no disrespect at all to Gable Stevenson. If I'm not mistaken, Gable recently wrestled up at the Junior Worlds, and he was still cadet eligible. Okay, right. I think Gable Stevenson is a true freshman. I think he is a young, he's a young freshman. He's a true freshman, and there is no denying his amazing physical ability and wrestling skills. I think Gable has a lot to do 
maturing to do, you know, mentally in this sport. And I think we've seen that on multiple occasions. Um, we've seen it in some of his victories. We've seen it in some of his in-match in antics, which I really don't have a problem with. But I think we've also seen it with the two matches that he's lost to Anthony Kassar. I think when Gable has shown in those matches, when he's when he's facing adversity in those matches, right. I'm adversity. not quite sure he knows how to respond to that adversity. He's not used to responding to that. And well, he's I, used to beating everybody up. Exactly. You know, he, and he, His coaches are going to have to fix that. His coaches are going to have to spend a lot of time and work with him on that because... He's gonna look. This is a man sport now. You're this, in college. Yeah, this, this is, is a college man wrestling, sport. buddy. And you're gonna face guys like Anthony Kassar or the Derek Whites of the world or whatever. And they're gonna put you in to some positions where you're gonna face some adversity and you're gonna have to dig deep and battle back and try to win that match. And I thought he was Ben. I thought he was on a roll to doing that this tournament. He beat the hell out of Desi. He beat the shit out of Desi. Eleven. And Desi's one. a man. Desi, Desi's not a boy. Desi wrestled on the world stage. Desi wrestled in the worlds, the senior worlds last year. Right. Three-time All-American. Dude Dude finished third in this weight class last year with two of the greatest heavyweights that we've seen in a while, Kuhn and Snyder. Right. But Gable, again, he goes up against Kassar, and there's just something about it. I think it was in his head, man. No, it's mental, man. And, and you know, when we talk about this more than anything, the mental aspect of wrestling is so important. And if you feel like you're entitled to something or if you feel like you're, um, um, you know, if you're down and you don't understand how to fight adversity— if you can't fight adversity in wrestling, you're not going to do very well. And that's all relative, right? Because he ended up taking third in the country. But you're not going to reach your pinnacle. You're not going to reach the peak of where you can be. Does he have the goods to bend the NCAA champ this year? He absolutely 100%. did. He probably is a better wrestler than the other two in just terms of basic wrestling. But there was something there that he wasn't able to ward off. And Kassar is so damn good that he was able to beat him. And it shows because Kassar made that match just in the finals. I mean, it was just I'm glad they let off with that because, cause, I mean, that was just all right, over and done with. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that he beat White that bad. Ben, I'm not so sure that Gable Stevenson was the best wrestler in this bracket. I mean, I think okay. that's, I, honestly, Anthony Kassar, 30-1, and one, he beats Gable twice, really was not in danger in, in any match with Gable and then goes out, reverses, avenges his only loss on the year, a close, I think it was 4-3 to three to Derek White at the uh, scuffle, and then majors him 10-1 to one here. Anthony Kassar, who has never started in college, did this in his first year as a starter. It wasn't by luck. He didn't Absolutely slip into not. stuff. Anthony Kassar was a very, very dominant heavyweight, one of the, the new you know, those that, that new breed of heavyweights that we've seen with, you know, the Jacob Caspers and Kyle Snyders and Kastar. And I'll even throw, you know, Gable Stevenson out there as well. He's a bigger guy, but he's also just every bit as athletic. Athletic and can score some points. Yeah. And Kassar looked every bit the part, and he earned every win he got. I don't think Gable was the better wrestler in this weight class, man. Okay. I, you know, not I think, this year. I think maybe on wrestling ability, maybe not. And, and you know what, that's, that, that's something that's up for a great debate. One of the guys that is uh, kind of the old school heavyweights, though. How about Sam Stoll? He uh, <laughs> comes in as the 28th seed. They redraw the bracket, 
and Mason Paris just gets shit on Dude, and gets stole first round and still beats him up. Just remember, do you remember that match? He just pushed him around yeah, the back. Yeah, stall, stall. But, but stall. It, he wasn't just pushing him around. That was probably one of the most exciting heavyweight matches I've ever seen. There were seven, there were stall, seven stall, calls. stall calls. There were seven, seven stall, stall calls. And, and still ones. He eventually bad, um, bad, bad matchup for a guy like Mason Paris who likes to get to those sweep singles or or, or that carry that outside carry. Yeah, because I think. I think he got that sweep single once on Stoll. He took him down right yeah, away. Took him down right away, and then after that, Stoll was like, mm, nah, "I think I'm just gonna put my big he's old gonna, butt. He's I'm gonna put I'm my big. Ball. I'm bringing my hips to the party. He's gonna bring his hips to the party. Then he's gonna lift his shirt up. Then he's gonna rub his nipples in a window. And that's just what I've heard he did. That's a true after story, the NCAA tournament. That's a true story. That he was flashing people after the NCAA tournament. That's what we heard. We can't confirm. So don't sue us for libel or slander. That's just what we heard. <laughs> I'm sure he had a good time. Um, <laughs> he unfortunately does an All-American. And I actually do say unfortunate because I do like Sam Stoll. He lost to Hamida. But Paris drops down. You know, he makes a little bit of a run, beats Thomas Haynes, beats Voss from uh, George Mason, and then runs into Stencil. They were, what, one and one on the year, and they just pinned the shit out of each other, and Stencil ends up getting the fall in two minutes and 30 seconds to become an All-American. Shout out to that boy who's from Ohio, uh, Stencil, that guy, good, dude. I think he's only a sophomore too. Two hundred eighty-five pounds is going to be exciting next year. Look, oh, we got look at him. we got Jordan Wood coming back. You got Gable coming back. Kassar most likely coming back. You got guys like um, uh, Stencil, Hilger, a, a freshman Hilger who all American. Then look at the guy like a guy like Zach Elam who has had a an atrocious second half to their season this year. Turns it on. Makes the blood round before losing one to nothing to Hilger in the blood round. He's coming back. Paris is coming back. Singletary will be back. Singletary's coming. I don't know if Butterbutt's coming back from Brown, but he I made just looked, the blood I actually round. just looked him up. He's okay. not coming back. Butterbutt's not coming back. Yeah, I wanted to know. <laughs> How about Butterbutt from Brown making a run? Put a little his, run on. I think his name's Butterball, but no, I'm just kidding. I don't think it's either one of those. He put a little run on. He he ends up Dude, knocking Haynes from Pitt. Haynes, Demetrius Haynes. Demetrius Thomas. Or I'm sorry, Demetrius Thomas yeah. from Pitt had a hell of a year coming in as the eight seed. Butterbutt beats him fifteen to seven. Oh, just works him. Putting up some points now. Works him. And then, then he just lays on Singletary to oh, beat he, him too well. Dude, he's big dude. He's a big He's big dude. Butterball, baby. Um got a big old butterbutt. I liked I liked this bracket, man. You know, I I'm a sucker for these heavyweights, baby. Um I'm glad to see Hilger get on the podium as well. Um, you identifying with the heavyweights these days more than you are the one. Hey, I'm losing some weight. You son of a bitch. Now, <laughs> NCAAs didn't help. I went off keto for uh, a couple of days during NCAAs, and I'm got to get back down. But man, you went off keto. You look like a crack fiend in a crack house, I, dude. <laughs> hey, the, that Duke social had pizza. And Every time I turned around, Ben's got a meatball in one hand, a I slice was, of pizza in the I other. I just remember me and Ed have it two in the morning eating um eating uh, what's it called for Manny Brothers, and I was like, this yeah, is I the did best that of too. all time. I did that too. Yeah, so get off my ass. Um, Man, dude, I mean, that's all I got to say about that in terms of the NCAA tournament. Another year down, another year in the books. You got anything else you want to say about 285? No, dude, look, we're this podcast is running long as it is. Look, Hell yeah. another amazing Hell college yeah. wrestling season. You know what? We're going to roll right into the senior circuit season. Look, I think we got our balls a little busted already about, you know, hey, we'll see you next November. Ah. Uh. Well, look, once the weather gets nice and golf starts happening, you know, I can't guarantee anything. But what we can guarantee is that we're going to have some really sweet interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks for you. I hope. Yeah, I mean. Don't I, let me do this podcast by myself if you're going to be playing golf. It's just not going to work. No, you and I will play golf together. And then we'll do the podcast. We're going to do a pod in the golf cart? Yeah, that'd be fine. 
to be fine talking about me making them birdies. No, man, what a great year, man. Thank you again, Brandon, for allowing me to be a part of this. It was so awesome, dude. Ben, it's one of my favorite things doing this podcast with you, following wrestling with you. It's been an amazing year. It's been an amazing eight-year run to the NCAAs. Next year, we're going to make it nine in a row. That's all I got, man. As always, don't wind up on your back, bro.